I just called Machinist Therapy Hotline. Do, 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 do. Episode 46. Woohoo! <laughs> Uh, and we have actually reached episode 46 and we do have another guest that's going to be joining us but of course as always i need to double check we have the very well endowed tony klauser listening to you sing that song was like christmas in my ass (laughs) and then we need to make sure that we have the infinity brain shane paul yo yo and of course then you've just got me who can't sing for shit but I'm here anyway. Jody Tuckwell. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Let's get on with the podcast. <laughs> so, this week we are joined by Brandon Bebo, machinist, tinkerer, mad scientist from Oakland, California. Woo! Yeah, that's where I, that's where I reside. Yeah, Los Angeles is my my hometown, but that doesn't matter. It's where I, Oakland is the Wild West, and that's where I live. The right. modern day Wild West. Yeah. Well, um, thank you for thank you for coming on. Thank you. Appreciate it. We um we have many many questions which will lead us down many different rabbit holes, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I guess for anybody that is on instagram they can see some of your work and some of your sort of inventions or whatever it is on is it b bolts is that yeah yeah it's a, it's a pronunciation it's a correct spelling of my last name but everyone calls me by my last name it's bebo but it's the oh. lt silent it's a french canadian thing and it's been a it's been a, a mess since i was born <laughs> uh, so yeah. were you you were originally born in like canada no 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 my father generation american uh, my mother is filipino and my father is french canadian and they met through pen pal which is kind of like myspace of the 80s i don't know it's kind of a weird mix like <laughs> and uh yeah i was born in in los angeles uh that that nickname bebo everyone thought it was a nickname through high school it's actually just the pronunciation of my last name a lot of people are shocked and saying oh that's that's how you say your last name I'm like yeah it's bebo yeah i don't know it's something that stuck easy to remember that way brandon's too uh yeah uh you, you you're cutting out a little bit actually brandon can you can oh, tony can you yeah. can you hear him yeah he goes he's going in and out loud yeah it's a connection it's the connection sorry it is. Uh, no I, I did step out is this better i just hear an echo in this room and that, that's way better for us but then okay we don't, want the, we don't want the dogs to get you no no the dogs are cool i mean i paid them <laughs> off <laughs> <laughs> that's way clearer well i got yeah. question number one these transformers yeah. do you actually steal them or do you have a hookup oh i mean they're 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 um no comment i see you eyeing them all the time <laughs> no, no I, I i haven't i haven't stolen a single one of them but they they are tempting especially when you like the fires through santa rosa i heard that they were trashing all these transformers no. transform. yeah they were trashing them because the, they're not made this way anymore they're made the, the pad mount style and that doesn't look Frankenstein to me. I, I mean, I like the I like the pole transformers, the pole pigs is what they call them. I like the ones that sit on there, and they have you know the ceramic electrodes that come out of it, and they just look frightening looking at them, you know. And that's that's kind of like style I like. Well, that's so, cool. While we're on this topic now, in my neighborhood, I've had one, two, maybe three explode. What the fuck makes them blow out when it's a blown uh, transformer? Loud. Yeah. And it always happens on prom when the girls are trying to 
put their makeup on and curl their hair. <laughs> yeah, but what's going on is they're, they're oil-filled. The oil is to insulate them because the high-voltage windings on there want mm-hmm. to arc over to itself. So if they submerge this in oil, it's like a big you know, insulator. And it doesn't allow the arcs to you know, travel across the windings. But also uh, what happens is when they're getting overdrawn or they're being used too much, they get hot. So the oil starts to boil up and that's canned, you know, and it's and then it becomes an explosion and it just blows up. Jesus. So, and it's it's usually because, uh, you know, customers or whoever's on the end is just over overloading them. There's a, uh, you know, you, you have they're rated by KBA or thermal rating. So they have a limit and uh, people that push them, you know, machine shops push them, too. If you ever step outside of a machine shop and you look at a pole transformer, you see the paint coming off of it. It's like they run that thing hot. They're hot running out. <laughs> so that would explain prom night with all the hair dryers and curling irons. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got it. How did you how did you even get into that, Brandon? Like, I mean, for anybody that hasn't seen what you're doing, I mean, it just looks dangerous as fuck. Like it just. That, <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's exactly what I mean. I, I mean, my, my father worked at a wire and cable company, you know, aerospace wire and cable. And he's done that his whole life. And that was my first job at 18 was working in this, uh, you know, wire factory, spooling up wire and stuff. And that's first time I ever seen like machinery and I like that kind of work I just didn't want a job for my dad because I was a spoiled American you know it's just like <laughs> I should have took that job seriously but I was just like oh, I'm, I'm out of here but my dad was always bringing home cable spools and wire of scrap and he would show me tricks like wrapping it around a nail and then putting it to a battery and picking up paper clips so electronics have been something I was kind of like born with I had it growing up and then somewhere I got when I got into machining um that's we'll get into that in a little bit but the I saw I met this guy over um, at Tesla's Gigafactory, and he asked me if I like high voltage. I'm like, yeah, well, like what? And he showed me this video of his buddy snapping an arc off of this pole transformer. And I got to tell you, man, it it kind of it was like watching a lion tamer. It kind of turned me on. I was like, like whoa, that's super deadly looking, and I want to see that in person. And I got to meet this crazy guy, and he kind of was like my Obi Wan in high voltage. Guy acquires CNC machines left and right. Uh, I think you know who this guy is, Tony or uh, Boomer. You might you might know. Um, you know Gary Aragon? Everyone knows this guy uh, in the Bay for used machinery, but um, I've heard of him. I've never yeah. met him. Though. Yeah, his his like protege or his younger of himself is the guy I'm talking. His name's Alex, and um, and when I saw him do that, I was I was like, I want to do this stuff. I want to hoard industrial equipment, take it apart to build these kind of things, and kind of set me on fire with doing that. And um, what turned into a hobby turned into start getting big big real quick with like uh, going to Burning Man and seeing other guys pull off these things. And I was like, wow, there is an arena for this size of a hobby. So I started building them big and then art grants started coming out and doing big, uh, it came, became fun. Just learning more about it too. Cause I mean, the technology, electro, electricity is only like 300 years old, 200 years old. We don't know all about it yet. You know, they're still finding stuff out about it. So when, when you, I mean, Burning Man's a, a big event and I imagine that, you know, when you go, I mean, of course, it's all in the name. You know, they burn a massive fucking figure in the middle of the desert for anyone that doesn't know that. But if you're going to take a, a, a high voltage, like lightning bolt shooter piece of equipment, like <laughs> how do you make that safe so that you're not uh, basically just killing people immediately when they walk near it? Because right, they've right. got too many earrings through their balls. Yeah, correct, correct. Uh, so, so you, you, all you need is a proposal, and that's all you need is a proposal, and you're ready to go. I'm, wow. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. There's, there's a lot more to it. I'm, there's, 
there's there's um, there's a, there's a science to it. So you got to prove to them that that you have this under control because um, one thing is that Tesla coil will never shoot an arc out further than it is to the ground to the surface of the floor, you know Earth. So if that tower stands ten feet tall. There's no way that Tesla coil can shoot out an arc further than ten feet. So that's a good a good rule an understanding on that. So you would make your perimeter, you know, um, twenty feet, feet diameter. 20 yeah, feet. exactly, yeah, yeah, eleven yeah. feet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then duh, duh, Jody, even sorry. I fucking do that. <laughs> so, so that's uh, I've been building them tr- kind of big. I'm trying to get trying to break a record here. I don't know. That's you know, I'm, the one towers that I have right now. The tallest ones I have are 18 feet, and we sh- think the longest one we can kind of see was like 12 foot or 13 foot arc on it. And and trying to build them bigger until they tell me I can't. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now I actually went down. Uh, speaking of Burning Man, I actually took a. Um, a CNC CMM course from an, an old fucking hippie dude down in Orange County. And I was there with him for like three or four days, but it, he was, that was the week before he was gearing up to go to Burning Man and him and his best friend had gone for years and he was telling us some stories, but what he does is take his micro VW bus and they load the entire ass in of that van with fucking box red wine and then they load the rest with big old freaking containers of water and a portable shower so what they do is they go out there and they sit in their lawn chairs and they drink their box wine and they hang up this portable shower <laughs> up high. and so all the people that want to stop by because they're all dirty and dusty and just filthy for one buck they put in the tip jar they can shower for about three minutes and he said, you would not believe all the beautiful hippie chicks that swing by and shower up. And then they're not shy at all. They just, we just drink our wine and watch them shower. I said, man, that's a setup and a half. That sounds like it's like the bang bus or like the, like the perf bus. You, know? you, just, you just rock up and offer free showers to dirty people. That's I, re- I, re- I recommend it to everyone. I recommend it to everyone to go at least one time because I grew up down in Los Angeles. All my friends I grew up with, you know, was like, I'm not going out there. I'm not going to spend it. What are you going to do in that desert for a week? You know, it's just a bunch of naked hippies and stuff. And it's like, that is a small, small portion of that whole week. You, from the first time I went there, I'm like five times in a row now except for last year yeah. is, is it's I, I'm you're stressed out that, that you got five days before the man birds. You're like, man, I need to go see that whale. They welded up. I, I need to see the 747 they parked out there. I need to see the, 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 the I mean, it's only an arena that allows for crazy art to be parked out. I mean, it's nine miles in diameter. So it's like city size and you can't ride your car from the other side to the other side. You have to ride a bike. So it's like, it's a very conscious festival. You can't get too messed up to enjoy it. If you want to go see that, that thing going on there you got to be somewhat sober or somewhat aware to get over there so it's kind of i don't know i recommend i guarantee if anyone was to go out there if even if it's not for them because it's not for everyone they wouldn't come back and say like i wish i never did that that was the worst thing ever. they'd be like wow that was amazing i don't want yeah. to do that again but this or, guy or, that, like, i'm going every like this guy that was teaching me that class he said it's well organized and there's actually cops that volunteer oh, i mean yeah. there's cops that know this is going to happen and they go out there and they help patrol and just keep shit under yeah. control there's I was I was amazed to hear that. To be honest there's with you, there's a full on full on hospital out there. I mean, and there's people, there's nurses and doctors that that volunteer to be there. And yeah, I've ended up in that hospital my first year. Another story for another time. But there's is that uh, because of one of them exploding I, propane tanks? That sounds like a <laughs> no. story for this time, not then. <laughs> That's the things I'm scared of is the five gallon okay. propane tanks blowing around like fucking rockets. Yeah. yeah well, no. Yeah. I was. They say that your first your first trip to the man uh, Burning Man. Is probably the closest you're ever going to come to dying. And yeah, sure enough, on the last day, I was stupid to follow my friend climbing this 
laser cut um, huge letters. I'm sure you, if you type in Burning Man in Google, you'll see these um, letters that are cut, laser cut and welded together. They're huge. And there were dove cutouts in them. And he climbed up. I gave him a boost. And then he's calling me up there. I was like, hey, get up here. Come check out the view. I go up to jump there. And I reach up and I grab my hand in one of these <gasps> doves. And I slipped. And I was hanging by my finger. So it oh, almost no. pulled my finger off. Yeah. Oh, and my God. So I, I jumped off and you're, I'm far away from the hospital and my, I'm bleeding out so bad that I tear the, the sleeve off my shirt and tie off my arm. Like it's, it's, but so I run, I get to the hospital and, uh, it's not even, it's not even that, that hurts so bad. It's that they, the, yeah, they give the, the lidocaine or Novocaine to my knee, my, my finger. And that's what I saw some guy get, get it first before me, same thing, cut his finger on like a chopping board knife cooking. And the man's about to burn in like five hours too. So I'm like, man, I hope I don't miss it my first year. So they they stick a needle in his finger. I, I see him screaming, and I'm like, wait, I'm supposed to get the same thing too. <laughs> uh-huh. So, uh, but that was, yeah, they, they stitched me up and then put that lidocaine in my finger. And yeah, sure, sure enough, when they stuck me with that needle in between the webbing of my fingers. Uh, yeah, and and I watched a man burn that year. That was great. That was <laughs> <laughs> right after that, I got back to my camp and everyone's heading out. They're like, dude, we thought you died. Like, come on, come with us. And uh, yeah, been been trying to go every year since. Would you would you classify yourself then? So based on just what you've been telling us, you sound more like that you are an artist than, say, a machinist, for example. Or, or you know, are they, or are they, you know, married together? I gotta say that we're married together. Art, art is a stretch for me because, like, I don't care. I don't consider myself my artist. I, I, I mean, an artist, no way. I, I, you know, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants because I'm riding Tesla's coattails. Mm. Like that's the, his art. But it's I, I do feel passionate about it, and I don't think I think ours separates people from me. Like you don't have to be God's gift to take it all the way. Take it all the way if you like doing something. Take it all the way. You don't have to be ours to me. Sounds like you're God's gift to it. But no, I'm not. I'm just I'm you know mimicking someone else's stuff. But I'm I'm gonna try and take it all the way. Cool. That is cool. Did you? Um, Everyone should. <laughs> so uh, the machinist part of you, uh, you know where where. Where did that begin for you? What's the? Oh, yeah. um, and so it's a, it's, a, it's a good question. So uh, originally, I've you know I, I've been told a lot of people this story, but I need to bring it out because it's about 11 years now. Uh, I got in trouble with the law when I was a young age, and um, was I got sentenced to two years in state prison and did about 13 months on good time uh, for possession of sales of marijuana when I was like 19 years old. So I remember being in there, and my you know I was like. I love industrial work. I've always done, but when I came out, uh, definitely, you know, work was kind of hard to find or I didn't believe in myself. I was like, you know what? I needed to find a place that was okay. And I got a job at, you know, doing shipping and receiving at a machine shop that, that sold like, um, archery stabilizers. The company is named Doinker. You probably guys, any archers out there probably know this company for sure, but I was doing shipping and receiving there and they, cause Industrial work didn't care what I looked like. They didn't care what my background. They just cared that I was there and I gave gave a shit about my job. They didn't care what personality or anything so much. So, and I, I looked down on myself because I was ashamed. I was like, man, uh, I don't know. I remember being in there saying like in the joint saying, as long as I get out of here at 20 years old, I was like, as long as I get out of here and I get a job at a fast food place, I'll take care of it. I'll make it everything. And I think that was like super important to machining because that first year of machining, I didn't want to machine, but I was like, you know what? I need to, I need to stick to this. You know, like it was tough, you know, machining. Let me, like, let, me let me cut in here for a second. If yeah. you don't mind. So how old are you right now? I'm 33. So does it, I mean, when you look back for what you were put into 
prison for and what's going on now is that just not insane right now i mean it's it, it's it's, a, it's insane it's a it's a it's an industry the, that whole thing is a whole nother topic prison now needs to be reformed for sure they need to give people tools to rehabilitate themselves because putting you on the chain gang in there or like you know when i went in there they had me working like out pulling weeds on the side of freeways modern day chain gang it's like that doesn't Help me rehabilitate myself when I get back on the street. Yeah, like, I you... get that, but I meant for what you got put in there for to now. Oh, yeah. it wouldn't happen today, right? Not no, at all. No, exactly, exactly. It's like it's now legal, but it was like a it was Schedule One drug in 2009, and that's like if it's like I was selling crack or like heroin on the streets. That's and I well, was like, you could do that in Oregon right now. I was from what I'm told. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, sorry, sorry for interrupting you, but well, I, just it, thought, I mean, you know, it, you're, it, you're like a really a good person and you were you know you're selling pot and you, i just didn't know they put people away for that type of shit no, but apparently they do yeah that's i mean it's yeah like i said marijuana was a schedule one drug they i mean that's that's been changed long changed now i mean i think it is schedule one federally i don't know a lot about it but i know california thinks a bit differently because arnold schwarzenegger was my governor i felt like writing him like get give me a pardon please because you know this is this is Yes, but sentenced me to two years, and I did 13 months on on it. That yeah. and I was 20. I was like, man, it could could have ended up a lot worse. I mean, well, I don't know. you're exactly right. Oh, just, you're right. Who's yeah, that? Sorry about that. <laughs> just dropped. this morning, just this morning, I'm watching this guy that was arrested, but they didn't have room for him, so they put an ankle bracelet on him, and he's walking downtown San Francisco, and he stabs some 94-year-old woman like six times, and they fucking put her in a hospital, and he's still loose on the streets, and he's supposed to show up on court on Monday. I, I doubt he's going to show up, but I mean, what the fuck? I, I don't want to go off on a big tangent here, man, but put an ankle bracelet on some guy and just turn him loose in San Francisco. Obviously, he's not staying at home, and that is crazy that is i mean there is that i i won't go ahead and say that we need to abolish the prison system no there's guys that need to be in there and i say that coming from there there's guys that i've met that need to stay in there like they're just they don't respect being out here and they don't they're you know yeah kind of like they want to be they want to be in there i've met guys who are like proud to be in there and it's like well then you can stay in them but the guys who <laughs> want to come back out and not remember this this whole yeah. area like we need to like encourage that because it was tough coming out and like what I had to learn is not bring it up. Like I, when I came out, I realized when I had to get my ID from the DMV and I told her, I was like, look, I, I have my ID. I just pulled from prison. And the minute she said, I said prison, she looked at me like I was a killer. And I learned right away. I was like, you can't bring that up, Brandon. Like that's <laughs> people, people don't understand. That's a xenophobia. They don't understand. They fear what they don't understand. So mm. I learned the best way to go about that is like, if, if someone was to say, Hey, I heard you were in prison. I was like, look, that's something I want to put in the past and leave in the past. Don't bring it up. Because that's the truth. I didn't. I don't want to be that person. I, the guy who keeps bringing it up is the guy who goes back. The one that's talking about like, yeah, I just got out of prison. I'm tough like that. It's like, well, then you're going back. Like, you're mm. not ready to be out here. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I know. On one of the earlier podcasts that we had, I, I touched on a guy that I worked with at our shop that had a ponytail and was tattooed up and came straight out of San Quentin. And he and I got to be really good friends. I, I, we were all skeptical in the beginning because we're just like, yeah, this guy's out of San Quentin and he's here to learn how to run a CNC mill and blah blah blah. But, what the fuck? There's women that work here, and you're just letting this guy out. And I, we were all judgy. All of us were guilty of it. And I remember then, that episode for sure. I remember yeah. that episode. It was great. Yeah, and once I got to know that guy, I would trust him with a lot more shit than I would the other people that I worked with. But sorry, mm -hmm. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Let's steer you back towards no, your first machining job. Yeah, I, I yeah. Kept you off. I 
took you off I way mean, far to the right, dude. No, no, I wanted to bring up on that topic because when I heard that is when I felt a little better in my life to bring it up because this is something I hid my whole career because I was, I mean, I'm, I've had people have conversations in machine shops and be like, yeah, my cousin just went in and joined, he's doing two years. I'm like, what? Your cousin's in there? And he's like, yeah, you know, it's like super racist and stuff. I'm like, wait, there's super racist in there? That's crazy. I had to play this guy that I wasn't and I didn't like doing that, you know, but it's, it's something I didn't want to bring up or have it in the way of my career path because it shouldn't matter. I, I came back hmm. out, wanted, yeah. wanted to take care of this. I love what I do and it doesn't matter where I've been. Like, I, you know, so it's like kind of new to me to be bringing up, but it was, I loved hearing that story, that, that episode you had talking about that, you know, that, that guy. But in, in, a, in, a, in a weird twist of fate, you know, it sort of it enabled you to, to guide you down a different path of your life, didn't it? You know, like, it, and, it, and, and, and it is actually part of your life and it, it shouldn't be something that, you know, you're right. You know, I could imagine that in certain, certain circumstances, you would feel pretty like, I'm not, not going to say embarrassed, but you kind of go, Oh my God, you know, I've got to say this, but actually if you just, you know, if you say, geez, like it was part of my life and, and, you know, I got through it and, and I come out the other end and, and I'm, you know, I'm doing really great. You know, I've, I've, I've got all these wonderful things in my life now. And, you know, and I guess, I mean, I'm trying, I guess I'm putting words in your mouth now, but I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to understand it myself. You know, that, that, that's, that's sort of how I interpret this is that, yeah, it was shit, but you're you know, absolutely it sounds right. like you're, you're coming out and you've gone, Hey, that that gave me so much focus to go i do not want to go back in that fucking place again so i need to sort my bloody shit out it's exactly right you hit the nail right on the head really it's it's except my except my standards of like like life or working a lot a lot lower like it made me ready like i said that first machine shop was was tough i was pulling out like uh the first machine shop i'm going ahead and mention this is where CNC Big Dog is working right now. That was like my first real machine shop. It was cut, like Swiss machines, Brown and Sharp Wickman's, multi-spindle things, making, you know, only shop I've ever met other machinists missing fingers. That's how real mm. this shop was. Like, it, <laughs> like one of the guys looked at me and was like, hey, kid, do not play. Do not play. Holds up his hand, missing a finger. Like, I learned right away. I'm like, ooh, yeah, that's that's a real machine shop. We had uniforms covered in oil every day, real oil, not not coolant, you know. And I learned, learned it there, and it was it was it made me like I first I was like, you know, what? I'm I'm happy. I love this because I'm not in there. It set my bar, you know, where I realized a new freedom in life. Like I was I was ready for it. I was like, I, they said offered overtime. I was paying paid minimal wage. And they were like overtime. I'm like, absolutely. I was going to get 50 cents an hour in jail. <laughs> you know, and, and <laughs> it's like 50 cents an hour. Like you want to pay me 15 an hour? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Beat it. Run that. So. Yeah, wow! It's, it, it was. It gave me the 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 focus too, because it was like I'm not in there anymore. <laughs> like I'm happy right here. I don't care what it is. And then that. And also, I went sober. I quit drinking because of that whole thing. I was a year sober, like not drinking. I'm not partying in there. So when I came out, I I kind of paroled to my 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 father's coworker's house, and which is like you know not immediate family because my family had retired and moved to the Philippines right before I got locked up. So I came out a year in it. I got no blood in the state. So I'm like, shit, uh, father's coworker, you know, they're like my stepmother and stepfather. Now they take me in, they hear the story. They're like, don't go to a halfway house, come live with us. And we'll find, you know, you'll get, and I had nothing to offer them. So I went, I went sober. I didn't drink from like longest time for, you know, and up until last year it was the first time I had a sip of alcohol was about a year and a half ago. So I went wow. 11 years without a sip. So yeah, because that's, I mean, 
I went that one year in the joint and I got out five months into it. You know, like I got a job, I'm machining and all this. And, and my mom became terminally ill. And within a week I lost her. So and she, I almost picked up a drink on this route. Like I almost picked up a drink. I was like, you know, what? but my family, the rest of my dad and brother were like, hey, she wouldn't want that. And that made it solid. So I went whole all the way 11 years and then until recently so I realized that, man, when I tell people now that I don't drink, like give us a couple of years ago. I tell people I don't drink. They're like, um, does this bother you if I drink this in front of you? Or like, hey, don't don't invite him out. He's he's got a problem. It's like, no, I never had a problem. You know. <laughs> so it's like it's a different story. Like when you're young and you're like, hey, you don't you don't drink. It's like, no, I don't drink. They're like, cool, you're gonna be supervisor. You know, or yeah, they kind of like look at you like you're a smart kid. And you you know, I've I've, I've followed you for a while, and I think I remember seeing you post. I mean, you might have posted something on your story or something. I think you had a cocktail or whatever it was, but you said that. It had been. Am I wrong? Did you post something? Yeah, say, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah, right. I, I don't remember that too. Because yeah. yeah. you know, it was like a lot of my friends knew me, but you know where it really, really came down to is a lot of the girlfriends I was dating. I put a lot of pressure on them not drinking, like, and they deserved. Uh, I didn't want to put the pressure on them, and it's not. It's my choice not to drink, you know. And so, like, when I would go out, you know, or with them, and they would feel embarrassed that. Like they would get sloshed up and I'm like, hey, don't worry about it. And they, they're like, don't look at me. Don't look at me in the eyes. I'm like, hey, I don't want that. I don't want, I want you to feel comfortable. My, me not drinking is my decision, not yours. Mm. You know, and I was like, you know what? I need to get out a little bit. I know, I know it's a slippery slope and it's still in the, the beta testing phase. I don't know if this is good for me, <laughs> but I, I got to say, I made a lot more friends. I made a lot more friends drinking now than I did before because uh, <laughs> like, like, you can't catch me at a bar. Like seriously, when I was sober at Santa Rosa, I was like going out and I was like, damn, no one's going to approach me just having a water here or no one's like, especially the way I look having a meal at like uh, a pub or something. They were like, Oh, don't bother him. He's eating. And it's like, well, well, I want to meet people too. And hang out. <laughs> don't like, bother him. He's eating. You must've looked yeah, like yeah. a very aggressive eater. You know? Like, no, no, I'm just, I'm just, it's just like you meet people when you drink that, that's, a, yeah. that's a byproduct. That's awesome. You will meet people and make friends. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing yet, but I think it is. Yeah. So, I mean, you could have got a mocktail, you know, you could have had a like, pretend. Yeah, but then, yeah, but then you look like a predator if they find out, right? So, <laughs> I'm telling you, I've been, I've been, I've tried every I mean, that could be true every anyway, you know. Why do you have that <laughs> olive in your water? <laughs> exactly. Trust me, I've tried every avenue. I've thought about that. When I first got out, man, I had this, like, especially when chemistry starts happening and a girl is like, like talking to you and she gets kind of close. I got nervous one time. This, this was going off so well, but I was like, Damn, if anyone notices I'm drinking water, they're gonna think I'm some kind of predator. I'm like trying, like like trying, like, and I bailed out, just jumped out and ran. Really? Might, That's it sounds so strange. Yep. Man. I just that was the early age, early age. That was like when I was like 22 years old. That was yeah, yeah. you're that, probably but, in your own head on that one. I think. Yeah. It was, it was, it was in my own head. I realized later, but because so how long did you work at that shop, the first shop you're talking about? How long did you? Was what was the stint there? Oh, okay, so yeah. Um, that that was okay so the first machine shop I, first off i started off in that that archery place right doinker yeah um, but i was shipping and receiving i witnessed these these swiss machines ksi you know right panic and i now know what they are at the time i was just like what is this machine that looks like a bunch of movement going in in and out and all this and the parts are coming out and i'm like and i would ask questions at the end of the day you know i do my shipping and receiving stuff and i go ask questions I'm like what is that thing doing what is that is that when that tool wears you got to you got to move it in more, right? As the tool wears down, like you got to move that tool in to cut on size. So I was asking all these right questions. And this guy who like started teaching me all this little stuff, you know, he, he wanted me to get involved, but he's like, there's not enough work for you to get over here, but you can ask me all the questions all the time. Well, I ran into a buddy of mine out of high school at a bar who was, you know, and I was 
just hanging out there and we're catching up and he's like telling me he's making tank parts. I'm like, you're making tank parts? Yeah. He's like A1 Abrams tank bore site or something like, I'm like, I want to do that. It's like, come, come apply my shop. So, and that's, that's the shop that, you know, CNC big dog was at, you know, like, and, um, the guys, yeah. So I go over there and I, I bring them the catalog of that, that shipping and receiving place. I do it. And I'm like, Hey, we have these machines here. They won't allow me on on them, but I want to do this. <laughs> you know? I told that owner, I'm like, Hey, I, I want to do this. I, they don't have enough work over there. Do you guys have, can you guys start me in there? And they're like, yeah, he's going through the catalog and he's looking at all the parts for the archery equipment and stuff. He's like, they have these machines here. And I'm like, yeah, they have these machines there. There's, you know, and I didn't know they were special. I didn't know that they were kind of a rare thing, the Swiss machines. So I get in this shop and they throw me, you know, I meet this guy, Just, and I owe him my career too. This guy taught me all this stuff, but you know, I tell him what's going on. I'm like, yeah, you know, I want to get on these things. And he's like, all right, we'll give you a shot. So start learning these machines and they got two programs, two turrets, two spindles. And I didn't know that was something special. I thought that's meant what CNC lathe means is two spindles, two turrets, like conveyor and all these things. So I get thrown in this complicated stuff, but that's all I knew. So it was easy for me to kind of pick that up or I just knew it was like sink or swim. Like you got to learn this. So start learning this in with a friend. And I, I didn't even know, I, I thought like a, a tailstock was only engine lathes. I like, you know, you make a baseball bat on. I'm like, so it was kind of thrown into this complicated stuff and I learned it in and out about lasted about a year there. And, uh, I moved down to the Valley, um, like the Los Angeles Valley. I was up in Palmdale, you know, that's, and I get, I get another machining shop job and the interview was so weird. I got to tell you, the interview was like, when I went in there, I, your resume is a box of parts you have, right? And when you're in the business, you, you don't have a resume. You can't really talk about what you do. You just got a box of parts and, you know, I sat down and he's like, well, okay, walk me through how you would machine this part. And I tell him, you know, he holds up his little ring and I'm like, okay, well, I would come down here with a turning tool, turn the face, you know, then drill, drill the, then boring bar would come in for it. And then I'd have the sub spindle come up and he's like, wait, he's like, hold on, hold on. Sub spindle. And I'm like, yeah, the sub spindle, I'd have the sub spindle come up, pick it up, pull it out then cut off and take it. And he's like, ah, and he's like, ah, what we do here is we just cut it off and we flat sand it back. I'm like, flat sand. He's like, yeah, yeah. And then, I took the job. I, I don't know why I did. Took the job. I get thrown on this machine. It's Nakamura, awesome machine. But I look in this. I open up the door. I look in the back. And I'm like, how do I pick the part up with that thing? It's like, kid, that's a tailstock. You don't pick up the. I'm like, what? And I just freaked out. Freaked out. And we went around opening up all the lathes and then looking at them. I'm like, the tailstock, 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 tailstock. I'm like, oh, I made a big mistake. I went up to the manager who hired me. And I said, hey, do you have these? I don't even know they're called mill turns. I'm like, do you guys have these machines where like another spindle come out, gonna pick up the part and pull it? He's like, yeah, we got two of those machines. And no one has been able to run them in a year and a half. So for you to come in here with like one year experience saying that you know how to run that, we just wanna see what you do on the two axis stuff first. And I was like, yeah, sure enough, like maybe three months, four months, they had me on the mill turn machines pulling out parts and like, um, yeah, I didn't know that was special. I thought, I thought that was like the standard. I don't know, kind of weird. And that's, Kind of been the, the bread and butter of my machine work is those mill turns. There's a lot of them out there and a lot of guys don't want to step to them or I don't know, maybe it's, they're just scary. I, I hear about two axis guys trying to get on them and they can't get, understand the Y axis concept, but I don't know. That's where the money's made on those machines, buddy, right there. Yeah, but I was getting paid dirt. <laughs> I mean, like for the longest time. <laughs> well, I, I meant I mean, as, as an owner trying to quote or compete, you know, those are screw machines. 
Uh, well, I mean, I, I shouldn't say that's where all the money is made because there's people that will make a couple of parts and make a lot more money than I would make, like, maybe on 150 parts. It all depends on what the fuck the part is. But if you're going to do a lathe, you want to be able to have milling kit, you know, capabilities and, and shit like that because it was real eye-opener for me to work at a shop where we did one up on the two-axis lathes, flipped it around, did the other up on another two-axis lathe, then took it over to a mill and did two ups on that. When we've got our first mill turn and we did all four ups in one, bar-fed and parts catcher and all that shit, it was like, holy shit, real eye-opener. Right, right. And I, I and I was spoiled by machinery at a young age. Like, I didn't know. Like, is it like me wanting to have a shop one day? Now I know how insensitive I was to some of these shop owners because I was like, really? They're, they're, like, they're like, yeah, like one shop I worked at and one of the best machinists I worked for. And he's like, hey, that that do sounds really nice, huh? It was a, a you know, a single single turret, two spindle, and I'm like, I'm like, it's all right. He's like, really? So he's like, you know what? I'm like, I'm like, no. I mean, like, I was on a four inch spindle barrel Nakamura right before this, like an ass. Like, I was an asshole about it. Like, I didn't know how expensive these machines are. And I'm like, I didn't, I didn't mean to do that, but I was just telling him, like, no, the job I left, I had four inch through on a WT three hundred Nakamura that was huge, like turrets. I can walk into this machine. I didn't know how how messed up that was to him. He was. Probably the most expensive machine he bought in the shop that time. I didn't realize well, you how. Did, you didn't know any better. That's the thing. Man. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. It's a it, it, he, But now I know why he was. His response was kind of like, "What?" Like, kind of looking at me like, "Are you serious?" And I, I didn't know. And there now I want one, and I can't afford one. It's funny. It's like I, I know these things in and out, but I, I can never afford one. I want one bad, like a little mill term, like a Miano. We love a Miano right now. <laughs> yeah. That's like, I try to explain that to some of the younger guys at work that are, you know, this is their first machining job and they're on an internet and, you know, you, you try to tell them like, you know, 80, 90% of guys will never be on a machine like this. Right. Like you need to appreciate that, you know? Right. And it's, and that's, I was spoiled by it. I didn't know that was kind of, kind of the, like, and also that's why I was kind of hard towards American machinery and like Haas and stuff because when people try to talk also, they're like, I'm sorry, I've touched Japanese iron. <laughs> you, that's hard to, to, I just wish American machine tools would do the same, like step up to the game because the Japanese iron is so much better. I don't know. It's like, I, I do it, love Haas. It, it the is. price point, price point, it price is. point Haas is, if I'm going to start a shop, like I would do, buy a Haas because I can't afford that. And also, I don't know, it's the, the Maytag and Whirlpool of the CNC industry. Like I'm not, you know, like it's exactly that. It's they're, they're, their business standpoint is kind of like it's a different part of the market yeah i mean it's people look at i mean people that probably browse instagram and check shit out you know they look like what you're talking about dual turret dual spindle live tools whatever but i mean nobody can really put a price tag on something i mean nobody knows that like a z-axis live tool is anywhere from four to forty five hundred grand depending on what style you buy whether you buy an epinger or you buy a wto i mean you start putting all this shit together for a tooling package on a twin turret, twin spindle lathe, and you're going to put some, you know, ATS low profile chucks on there, and 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 your machine's got a chip conveyor, and then you put a LNS bar feeder that's like thirty grand. I was like, holy shit! By the time you're done buying one piece of equipment, you could have bought a pretty good, damn nice house. And it's just like, yeah. So you guys walk in the shop, and you're like, yeah, this machine's all right. I've run better. It's like, yeah, it's, it's just yeah. you just don't know. 60 to 80k the, off the bat like one turret 60 to 80k for live tooling like I've, I've done quotes on that i've seen you know at working at mori uh like doing applications i go in there and they set a machine up and they're like hey where do we get this tooling and i show them 
you know, introduce them to my friend at Linda Snicken and because I'm a big fan of their the tools and um, and yeah, they, they get back to me and they're like, dude, I almost had a stroke. I'm like, from what? The machine? They're like, no, no, the cooling package quote you gave me. I'm like, we've oh, all been there, that? man. Like, mm, yeah. Especially with the CAD cam packages too. That's like Hypermill or like, you know, Mastercam or something. I was like, oh yeah, I talked to my buddy and they get him. I was like, yeah, same, same story. It's like 30 grand. Are you out of your mind? I'm like, yes, that's, that's a going rate. That's what they cost. I'm, that's, it's, yeah, it's crazy. So let's, it's so crazy. let's just, uh, so we sort of, I uh, feel like we skipped a wee bit there. You, so, you know, you, you worked in these shops and, you know, you had this experience, you know, like great experience from an, an early start. Um, and then did I hear that right? That you then, you then got yeah. a job at, you then got a job at Mori as well. Is that right? Well, I, I don't know how much, how much detail or how much time we have because I, I do it. I, I got around and I was a machining whore. Like I, like I would be nine months and I'm like, the manager would treat me like shit and i'm like i'm out of here there's another job down the street i regret that a little bit like because i now see how bad that is but i learned a shitload of experience from it but it was i was kind of notorious for being one year at a shop and then you know managers treat me like shit or like, like that one milturn place where i got you know, let me on these big nakamuras the manager had treated us like military there it was a big grind house you know it was like like sweatshop like there's like hundreds of machinists in this place and one person was caught like not caught tagging in the bathroom and the manager had t yelled at all of us. And I'm like, I'm not going to accept this. I didn't do that. And I, I left. I was like, I'm going to find somewhere else. But also, you know, it's it's kind of an employee market right now. It's sad. It's because all the baby boomers are retiring and there's no kids to step up to the to the plate. So <laughs> it got me a lot of places. Like, yeah, you know, I got it. It's got to, I mean, as far as like what me and Jody or even Boomer would see is like, if, you know, if you walked in and, and you said, well, hey, show us a resume. You look like you got some skills, but then we start seeing how long you spent at one yeah. place. That I, I mean, that I, you already know. I'm not telling you something you don't know, but it's just, I mean, like I, I get regret. I mean, because I've done kind of the same thing, too. I've walked in on a Friday and gave my boss an ultimative, you know, the old guy, Caceres, that said, look, you're going to pay me for what I'm worth or I got to go take my vacation to find a fucking new job. Then it's. There's a lot of I, things I look back right now that I did when I was younger that if I was him now, I would say, that guy's a fucking asshole. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really I, would. I really would. I, was, I, I, I regret it a lot. Like, I mean, if they're listening or if they hear this now, like Matt Donaldson, creator, you know, like I, I apologize. You know, like, these guys, like they looked at me like I was the future and I, I gave them the finger. Like, and I feel bad. It's like I, I kind of regret that, you know, but I was dumb and young and like it got me a lot of experience and you know what one of them said to me is like brandon i'm not mad like i was mad because you meant a lot of value to me you know you're the future of my company and he was like you know but i would have done the same damn thing so it's like it kind of makes me like i don't know where i feel on that like yeah. so that's how i got into applications like <laughs> so it's like you move around a lot of jobs you like moving around and getting into a new shop every time and then you know chinese machine tool company saw that and, like I, I was willing to teach others on the side like on the weekends, I would go to a machine shop. It was Hyundai Wea. You know, it was like they were using a distributor and they would get me to two applications or just train people on these lathes or mills. And I was like, I like this. It's cool. I like to travel and all this. And then this Chinese machine tool company picked me up full time. And it was company was SMTCL. But that's that was a short little stint. I was there for a year before I was in Canada for CMTS, which is like IMTS of Canada with this Chinese machine tool company. And I was fucking drooling over the DMG Mori machines because I love those machines. I've always, I've learned on an Analyx 2500, an older one, and I love that machine. So I was just drooling 
over their machines. I was like, oh man, these are beautiful. And also the demos that we're putting on, I'm like, man, one day I'm gonna work for this company. I told one of the apps guys there that was like, one day I'm gonna work for this company. Like, really? Because we're expanding. Do you want to work for us now? I'm like, I'm not gonna work in Canada. I want to stay right here. And he's like, no, in the United States, they're expanding. Like, I'm like, well, I'm interested. He put me on the phone with someone down in the LA office, and I was in there for an interview the next month. I mean, next week when I flew back from Canada, and I moved over to DMG Mori. So I was, yeah, that's kind of how I got into Mori. And uh, I love love the machines. Machines are awesome. The bureaucracy of the company, that's kind of a different different thing. But, so how, yeah. sorry, how, how, so how long were you with them for? Sorry? About, about three years. So I was with okay. them. Like, in, so that's quite a Los good stint. Angeles. Yeah, I was in Los Angeles for a year, and I love that area. I should have never left. Um, sorry, LA. But they're, they're, they, I had worked with this you know, applications engineer up here who was like, you know, he was straight from Japan. He was the best application engineer I've ever worked with up here in SF um, at you know, Tesla's Fremont factory. And I, I met him out there. I'm like, man, and he was by, by himself out here in SF. And I was like, you know, I want to work up here with you. Like, you, you guys can use more help. And I went up to work with here. And uh, uh, Maury had moved him out. And I don't know if you know about that kind of culture, but he doesn't get to say where he gets to be. But they moved him to the East Coast. And I'm like up here by myself. So I was kind of bent about it. I was, you know, you can't be one guy who knows everything. So that was the problem with the whole thing. They would send me into a customer out here and they're like, uh, go look at the machine. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a five axis. I'm like, yeah, I'm the specialist. They're like, well, do you guys have a specialist? I'm the specialist. Like, no, you're not. Like, it's better. It's more professional to be like, hey, my, my forte is mill turns. But you know, I got another guy, a partner who handles five axis stuff. So, and they wouldn't give me this one guy. And I, they, they, I was asking them like, Hey, can we hire someone in? So I'm not out here alone. And for the longest time, they wouldn't give it to me. They're like, yeah, the guys we keep trying to bring in want more money than you. And I'm like, I don't care if they, if you guys pay him more than me and he's less experienced, I need people. I don't want to be the one guy out here. They wouldn't give it. So I told them I was leaving. And then they moved me up to Portland, which is uh, Portland DMG Mori to work with Boeing. And I got to say, uh that's that's a that's a state that's not okay with someone that looks like me i gotta say like i learned that real quick. <laughs> i was gonna say that's that's i learned real quick and you know what my my, my first red flag was the way women looked at me you know, okay down here in la or like california san francisco women look kind of like uh oh, yeah he's kind of interesting or whatever out there they looked at me like how do i explain you to my parents or like kind of like I can't bring you home. Like my friends would never approve this shit. So I'm like, that was my first red flag. And I'm like, I got to get out of here. I got to move. <laughs> so, so you met some, you met some girls in Portland and then they, they were digging you, but they thought that the parents wouldn't no, dig you. Yeah. Well, they kind of like, it's kind of more of a con- considering like, like looking at me like, mm, no, 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 you're too crazy looking. <laughs> so like, I'm like, all right. Uh, but yeah, let's let, yeah keep it on the topic of machinist thing. But yeah, like, sorry, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. no, no, no. I, I hope that relates to anyone out there. Like Portland's got a good thing going on. They're a very conservative state, and uh, they have a good thing going on. And it's 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 a it's a part of it's natural out there because they don't have much diversity. So like you got to understand if you're going to somewhere, it's like very much one thing. Like expect that. And I didn't want that, so I moved out. I was like, and Maury wouldn't you know honor the move back even though the LA office said they wouldn't want to bring me back over there and, and no pay bonus or anything. I'm like, cool. I just want to move back down there. And I they said, you got to resign. And I'm like, cool, I'm out of here. I can't be in this place. Like it's not, not good for me out here. So, but it's nothing against Portland. Portland's Portland's a cool state and it's beautiful. It's definitely beautiful, but uh, I'm definitely not, I don't fit in there. Like I, I, I thought the rest of the world looked like me in other like and everyone's covered in tattoos. I thought that's how the rest of the world. I was so stupid. <laughs> well, I mean, I 
some parts of the world that's probably true and i mean I don't know. Yeah. I mean, in LA, you can't get a job unless you got a tattoo. I got to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, a machine job unless you're covered in ink out there, but that's LA. But even I, here in Sacramento, like I have full sleeves and I have tattoo yeah. paint. But I, I mean, tell you, I, like, like flying around, I learned twice. This, Yeah, I learned. Oh. Oh, he dropped out. It's just 46 minutes. Oh, he's back you there? Here. You there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I don't know what disconnected, but yeah. But uh, I, yeah, where was I picking up? We can edit this later. Um, the rest of the country, though, is very much a different place. I learned it later that, like, you know, from other you know people out in other states, like Michigan. One guy was one time, you know, I working with this this company for a week doing like um, molds for foam on car, and he was at the very end. He was like, "Hey, man, I totally had you figured wrong. Like, you're you're not you're an all right guy." And I'm like, "Cool, thanks, I appreciate that." But in my head, I'm thinking like, "What did you have me figured for? You must have hated me." Like just the way I looked or something, I thought that was odd. But well, it's not odd because the the re I mean the reality is most people instantly judge someone. Like it's just a it's a human being thing, you know. We we can't help it. We just instantly judge, and then we and then we understand after the fact, you know. Like it's just uh, we all do it to some degree. Yeah, you know? we, we don't mean to. It's just it's just it. I don't know. Just as human beings, that's what we do. You go, no, you, you yeah. look at someone or, it's, you know how sometimes you meet someone, you go, fuck, this guy's a cock or, you know, or I've just, you know, I know I'm not going to like this person. You know, so I'd already prejudged someone. And then, you know, half an hour or an hour talking to someone, then you go, shit, this person's really cool. Like, why did I think like that? And and sometimes you, you can't even explain it. It just is what it is. Yeah, no, and it's true. Like, I, I don't know. I Like, my, my take from that is not like, uh, I'm still learning myself. It's just like that. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right on it. It's everyone's got You got to judge a book by its cover. They say that you can't. You have to because you've been around the sun so many times that you know like something by what it looks like, and you're like, oh, I kind of got to gauge this person by like what he is. And yeah, I strikes. I you know, I kind of exception to the rule, but that doesn't mean that everyone should change the way they think about that. Because I'll even do the same prejudice like towards something. I'll be like, yeah, definitely know that kind of character. Like I don't know. Yeah. I, the more trips you do go around the sun, though, you learn and you observe, and then all of a sudden your judge of character becomes a little bit more clear to you. Yeah. And you can walk into a crowd of five, six guys and somebody approach you and be like, this guy's an arrogant ass, or this guy's a cocksucker, but this guy, you know, I can gel with. And it's like, you just instantly can kind of feel that. But I think it's mostly related. Uh, I would probably say this with men and women. I think eye contact and is probably I mean this is my opinion but I mean I can read somebody through their eyes whether or not I want to be in their presence or whether I'm just going to walk on and, and get the fuck out of their presence because I think I say a lot yeah yeah and also I mean my brother coined this one and I don't know where he learned this one but like you can't judge a person by its cover or a book by its color cover you know or color and we'll go ahead with that but you can judge them by their album collection for sure, and that's that's for sure. Like when you True. see someone wearing a you you see someone wearing a band T-shirt that you listen to that band, it hits right at home. You know who that or person is. Oh yeah. You're like, oh yeah. I know. I know what you're into. I know who you are. Like a little bit, and that, that's the truth. Well, if somebody walks up to you and they're wearing slip-on Vans, that's a given. You know, they're cool, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know. You know. You know where they upbring a little bit. Exactly. But, <laughs> or they're wearing a handsome t-shirt you know they they're, they're next level cool or they might just be <laughs> fucking with you yeah i see that a lot I, I i work in the city of berkeley trust me it's crazy <laughs> over there 
<laughs> I've never, I've never like that. Machining in Berkeley is it's it's it, like it, it's its own little like. I'm surprised you could even do that in Berkeley because <laughs> exactly. I thought all I did was if fumes, you know, you'd have to go run out and go to work the whole foods that you're making smoke and shit with oil and chips and hard steel yeah. and metal. It's like what's going on? I mean, well, they they changed the law on the manhole in the street to a service hole. They had to change it. They couldn't be can't <laughs> call a manhole. <laughs> you know, I mean, it had to be a service hole, and I and I was, I was like, wow, that's that's nuts. And also, it's the first time I've ever in a machine shop got written up from HR as harassment for calling another machinist a lousy machinist. Uh, it's the first time I've ever heard that before, but I got that one on the record. That's, well, that's uh, you just said I don't want it to be called harassment. I want it to be called the truth. <laughs> I, I, I told I told her I said, hey, listen, only the guilty take offense. Like, and it's like, and it's only slander if it's not true. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Man, so I guess if you were in that shop and called somebody a weak suck, that'd probably get you an HR pretty quick, too. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you're right. Stop the podcast. (laughs) Hey, Brandon. Yep. Why'd you sell your Cadillac? I know, right? Because I got into Tesla coil stuff. True story. I sold that Cadillac to buy my first full transformer and all this equipment. Yeah, it, it fucked me up, man. <laughs> I wish you I never sold a Transformer? Cadillac. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I bought, you know, Transformer, pull Transformer, you know, like that. Oh, like all this equipment. Cadillac didn't yeah. transform into a yeah. Getting no, When I got into not, Tesla coil stuff, that, that got expensive, and I, I sold the Cadillac. Like, I, I missed that baby. Optimus Prime. I was going to be, I want to come see Optimus Well, oh, people want to check out... People want to check out your Tesla coils. Where can they find you on Instagram? You find me on Instagram. My last name: B E B A U L T. Right on. Yo. Well, let's get get on. on With the podcast. (laughs) I'm out of breath. (laughs) Excellent. So when you when you when you um so the the relationship went south with uh with Maury and you know for for various reasons um so what what happened after that um so I I, I took a job with um in Windsor um, yeah I was going to ask you about this one here we go yeah right yeah so like one of the customers was uh you know uh, Shelby Cobra Engine Company which I'm sure you guys have seen the name um but they're uh, after Kel Shelby had passed away. Yeah, um, the gentleman is named Carol <laughs> Shelby. Is the original. Well, well, he makes uh, chili, uh, Boomer. Yeah, chili I makes. Think, I think, oh, I think he's, um, I you think that, perked my attention. I think he's partnered <laughs> partnered with Ford. 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 I think you guys heard of Ford. So uh, yes, but yeah. yeah. So Carol Shelby had passed away, I think, in 2016. But uh, he had a buddy of his of his was a wealthy uh, um, man out in Windsor who uh, acquired the company, which was in the red. And I don't care if I say that, and I'm not supposed to say that, but it was in the red. And uh, he acquired it, and you know he was a customer of Mori. After moving the factory up from Gardena, he had all these machines that were Mori's, but old. And I had met um, a group of machinists out there trying to get these old machines updated, and the, the new owner was into buying new machines. So he bought you know, a big horizontal from Mori, and I, I did the training, showed, showed him. And I think you know who I'm talking about right now. Um, you know. Uh, your uh, his father is who who taught the machine for you with you, Tony. Uh, yeah, um, Luke. Luke, yeah. So I met yeah. Luke there, and uh, I was like, man, this kid's sharp. I was like, and I had no idea that his father was a machinist. Also, like he didn't tell me that until later, way later. But 
I met Luke out there and, and, you know, and I put a chamfer on these blocks for them. You know, like they were doing these machines and they were hand chamfering these blocks after they machined them. And I'm like, why don't you just chamfer with a chamfer mill? And I did this simple thing. And the guy looked at me like I was some hero. And I was like, okay. So I leave Maury and you know, I, I'm entertaining offers down in LA and stuff. And he offers me, a, he's like, hey, my, my guy, my main guy here, who was, um, he, he had a bad hip or stuff. He's like, I, I don't think he's going to be with us very much longer. He can easily retire right now. You know, and I, I need someone. So I, I came up there to do contract programming and um, I loved the work. I love working on engines. I also love big parts because history for me in aerospace is parts I can hold in my hand. So I love this new this new avenue of like big parts because on the West Coast, we don't have any foundries. So all all the big parts are near like, you know, the Great Lakes where all the foundries are. Right. So, so we're getting these castings up here from Gardena. And of engine blocks i'm like cool i've never seen these i want to do this so i get a job there and uh yeah that kind of i worked myself out of a job i didn't know the, the owner didn't want to take this to the next level and because uh, the engine builder there is like my closest like one of my closest friends now like uh joe there is like he's a mentor to me and, and stuff like learning engines and stuff I've, I've been over his house building you know engines and i don't know um but like uh i've had high hopes for that but the boss wanted to you know after i moved up here and i only had a match an offer he wanted to talk about lowering my salary and i, I don't play that game so i you know i i left next door next day picking my toolbox and left the fact that he didn't want to honor i didn't get it in writing i was like man i don't want to i don't want to be there especially a couple of weeks before that he had a hoss that was making engine heads and was never machined after he acquired it he said i'd be his hero if i can get it porting heads and machining engine heads again within two days i spent the weekend over there i'm like i bet you i can do that it sounds like a challenge got this hoss making these engine heads like they were it was kind of easy the program was laid out already and i just had to find these special tools that were in this these racks of, that haven't been touched in years and put them in and yeah cutting cutting shelby engine heads and it's you know and i i, I, I was pretty hurt from that i was like yeah i'm out of here and i don't work elsewhere so yeah, and, and almost uh, felt like you were kind of fucking used on that episode, huh? A little bit, a little bit. And I, if I, you know, and that was a good lesson for me because at first I was like, you got to look at what people. I mean, when I first started working there, he would mention stuff when things go sour, like a, one of the guys crashed the machine and he yelled out in front of everyone. He's like, you know, at least this place is a tax write-off because it's not his main bread and butter. That wasn't his. That he bought this as a hobby job. He has. He has these water trucks. They're famous. Then bestie water trucks. These, yeah, you know, that's yeah. and everyone in Santa Rosa or that valley where you're at, Tony, knows about this guy. And it's like, oh, you work for Bill? Oh, I hate that dude. It's, mm. it's like and when I start finding out, I'm like, dude, how does everyone know this guy? And, uh, and yeah, sure enough, I know why, because he does people dirty and find work elsewhere. I don't care if that's slander. <laughs> I don't care if that's slander because I, I did him. I, you know, I went out there to do right. And he yeah. So I left there and then worked in a fab shop out in Rona Park and I love getting into metal. I didn't respect sheet metal or bending. I love it. I, I thought it, I, I ended up, you know, for all you machinists out there that think that machining is everything it is. I, I'm still on that page, but bending metal is an art itself. I got to say like sheet metal printing and it's like printing money. I'm looking from a business standpoint, like I, I, I do both. If you can bend metal and sheet, do sheet metal, that's money. But I don't know. It's used everywhere. You know, I spent three days at one shop up in Willits once, and they had they just basically moved in CNC 
they were feeding big rolls of sheet metal and they had CNC turrets on these things and they were stamping out like computer cabinet kind of shit and they just had it was just index and boom 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 and pulling that shit through and I mean, it might not be the same as what you're talking about. But no, no, they were... saw, yeah, we had we had the same thing, punch press like that. It was yeah. printing money, punch press. And also, if you guys don't know about this, I mean, you machinists out there, the punch press does like what CNC machines do with 3D surfacing. They have a single flat edge punch, but they can do radii, like arcs and all this crazy contours by punching like multiple, like, you know, like an array of punch holes at different arc angles to get this yeah. contour. And it's, it's impressive. It's fast. And also, I guess bending metal makes it stronger. If you cut that part and billet, it, it's weak. If you take yep. metal and you forge it around a bend, it's ten times stronger. It and is it's cool. Like all all the off road parts out there, fab fab parts for off roading. That's why they bend the metal instead of billet stuff because it's ten times stronger. It's like you're forging the metal. You've got grain in there. You know, I love that mm-hmm. stuff too. That's it's an art itself. When we when we had uh, Jake on the show, you know, and he um he's making the the bodies like these special bodies for these different cars that he was designing and and building and he was a cool dude man and and he's now like doing classes where you can learn how to to mold and bend all these different like metals it's it's pretty he was pretty cool yeah and he's also he teaches the welding classes too he's been freaking yeah. booked still every weekend he does he's booked and that's that's well, what yeah, I've seen the tacos he makes. Come on. Yeah, he does make vision tacos. <laughs> Boomer, you were signed up just Dude, for I... that. <laughs> and, and yeah, and it got me it got me into TUG welding, which I picked up welding from that from that shop because I realized like I can fix all my mess ups on CNC stuff and I can weld it up. <laughs> yeah. But no, there's more of a reason. Like outside of outside of work life, I find welding more useful in my day to day life. Like I weld a trailer or weld you know, like, you know, stuff around the house because the machining thing is just, that's like, that's, I'm doing that for someone else's project or it's like, I love the machine for stuff at home, but it that takes a lot. Of, I, mean, I find myself needing a welder more than machining at home. So I, I got into buying welders and then got into TIG welding, you know, and I love, I love that because it's, it's an art itself. It's a finesse. And, and also like at work, we get, you know, I'm, the job I have now, I'm doing mold and dye work, which is the first time I've ever done mold and dye. But being able to repair molds, because that's what they do. If you mess up a mold, you, you're you going to weld it because you got 80, 120 hours in one mold, like one side, Yeah. you know, doing all that. You're going to you're going to weld it because you can't can't turn that time back and you can't get that block redone. You know, well, yeah, welding is awesome. You know, that was one of the things I didn't know which avenue I was going to go down when I started welding and machining. I mean, prior to that, I was going to paint everybody's car. And I did that for quite a while, too. But. Um, I took several classes, and, and you're right, it is an art. Even just simple gas welding and stirring that puddle and dipping the rod and moving on to, you know, arc and, and that type of stuff, and then going on to MIG and, you know, doing aluminum or wire, you know, regular wire, and then going to TIG where it's all clean and you're wearing the nice gloves and you got to sharpen your tongue. I mean, oh, there's yeah. a lot to that. And it's, you know, I thought that I thought I was going to go down that road. But you know, I, I think I had a conversation with somebody once like, oh, that's a good occupation to have. It's a little bit dirtier than machining. But depending on what avenue of machining you want to take, you might make more money. Or if you want to go underwater, well, you can make all kinds of money. I was just I don't know. I ended up falling yeah. into the machining shop. And that's where I stuck with it. You did right. And I will say this in fear of offending other welders, machine first and then learn the welding later, because I know a lot of welders that want to do machining and it's hard for them to get into. But I know a lot of machinists that it's easy to step into welding. It's like 
Oh yeah, sure enough. I mean, the, the capital invested in the beginning is a lot lower than is machining to get on a machine tool, right? So if you get yeah, a machining, point. it's easy, easy to get on a welder. You can go buy a welder at Home Depot. You can't buy a CNC machine at Home Depot. Yeah. So get, well, get machining first. Yeah, <laughs> buying a new set of gloves and a helmet's a lot cheaper than a live tool. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that needs to change. I had a, a, a friend of mine, Ryan, he, he used to be an amazing welder, and um, but he was also really good at just like drawing stuff and his natural like transition wait, wait hold on what's that mean drawer and stuff like put stuff in drawers no drawing you know like sketching <laughs> sketches oh you mean drawing <laughs> my bad oh man tony <laughs> <laughs> Jody, he, said, yeah, he, he, he would he'd be drawing stuff and then he um uh, his natural sort of progression from that was because he had such a steady hand when he was welding he then figured he would be really good at tattooing so he got into tattooing instead and went from welding into like go. doing tattoo artistry. And uh, yeah, so there you go. If you're a welder, maybe you could be a tattooist. Is he good? Is he good? Is, he, is he good tattoos and stuff? I'm just, I'm curious. I just, that sounds relatable. That def, I want to know yeah, if, he, if he's, he's a good tattoo artist from that. That's... Um... It looks did like he do your tattoos. <laughs> No, he didn't. I thought you were going to say he's he's got such a steady hand that he's really, really good at carrying nitroglycerin tubes across a really rocky field and getting them to the next destination. I believe that, though. It is, it's such an art, though, especially TIG welding. It's such an art. You need the steady hand. It's And that's one thing I don't have, so I'm not... I don't ever claim to be a good welder. I can get... I can you get need the job a lot done, of patience, but, too. Yeah. Like, it, and I you have to be that. so patient. Yeah. I see a lot of welders out there that's like amazing, and it's like it's a finesse thing. It's not really, uh, of course, it comes from experience too. But there's uh, that's one thing I don't have is the patience or the you know. There's a lot of it's an art. I'll go ahead and say that it's an art, and yeah. um, I'll I'll stick to machining. I can punch in numbers and get the job done. <laughs> I mean that's a CAD can baby CAD CAD can baby thing. You know, it's funny. I didn't touch a manual machine until like two years into it, and that, that was that was a lesson. I mean, maybe a year into it where I first cut off a part on a lathe and I was like, damn, that's what I've been doing on the CNC stuff, but I just been punching in numbers. I didn't know you have to really engage that cutoff tool to get the part cut off, cutting right. I was like, I remember like coming up to cut off a part and it was just squealing like crazy. The whole shop's looking at me like, what are you doing, kid? And uh, yeah, I was called kid till I was like, till now, still called kid. So, uh, <laughs> you you know, every, every machinist in my generation, you know, the, you know, the, uh, millennials is still called kid right boomer it's yeah. still called kid yeah yep. and and man the cutoff tool i'm was, 35 and i get called kid all the time yeah i think it's and it's a sad thing man i'm i'm you know i'm doing everything i can to get more kids engaged in this stuff I, you know i volunteer at the exploratorium i just signed up for that so when they get back in they have a machine shop there i want to go down there i will do my service for free to get more people in it like it's mm. it's i don't want to i don't want to lose my job to india or china i don't want to be over there trying to find a job because that's where it's going right now. It's getting so expensive. There's no skill here that are taking all the jobs overseas. And I don't want to go over there. I want to stay right here. So it means bringing more people in, you know? That's cool. So you're, you're going to, you want to, you're going to teach people at like the, like tech school or whatever. Uh, yeah. Well, no, that, uh, the Exploratorium is a, it's a museum out here that has a machine shop in it. And I, I got in touch with a couple of people there. And uh, doesn't, uh, um, yet, didn't Yeti Man do that? Then? Yeah. He's involved in that, I think. Oh, Jeff, yeah. Jeff is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you'd probably meet Jeff that. there. I'm sure I saw like pictures of him standing there next to like one of the lathes, and he was just doing demonstrations for people. 
Yeah, and that's that's I want I want that back bad because I had a lot of good machinists that were, you know, it's a product of what was going on. You had the baby boomers that were retiring and they weren't worried about me taking their job. They were handing the torch to me. They're like, kid, I'm out of here in five years. Here's everything you need to know to keep this position. And I want to pay that forward. I want to do the same thing because it's it's not right that it like that you know mm. it's we're, we're losing a lot of machinists in America. It's people don't want to get their hands dirty uh, or they don't want to yeah. get paid minimum wage in the beginning. It's like you can't get in do minimum wage. You'll be fine. You, you the money comes later. Like just get in it now. There's so much but, going on right now, especially with COVID. And I just saw it's like there's so much new construction going on right now, but they cannot find workers. They cannot find the people to come and build. And so they're bringing back old wartime vets that are good with their hands. You know, I can use a hammer or know how to do shit and bringing them back just to get shit built. And it's like the, the whole COVID thing really, it changed a lot of stuff. And it's like people that were all sheltered down in their house, this, that, and the other. And now everybody's ready to release and just bust out and go camping and do all kinds of shit and build and buy homes. And it's, it's the weirdest shit that I've ever seen. I mean, I haven't been around that long. I'm only going to be like, I think, 53 here in a few days. But it's this is it's really the weirdest shit that I've ever seen. You know, how yeah. people can stay locked up and then hold on to the money and then spend their money on whatever they choose. And then, and then all of a sudden we're building like crazy and we can't find the help to build. All of a sudden the restaurants are open. And everybody goes, I want to fucking go out and eat. And they can't find people to fucking bus tables and prep <laughs> food. It's just, am I right? It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I keep, yeah. I keep seeing articles and it's like, you know, workers facing anxiety as it's, you know, time to return to the office and all this shit. And it's like no blue collar person had a day off this entire time. Right. Like every I mean, everybody in construction, in manufacturing, <laughs> in any sort of, you know, uh, like fast food service, um, you know, grocery stores, liquor stores, gas stations, all that kind of stuff. Like nobody's had a day off, but right. you got all these people now that are demanding that they work from home and they can't go to the office because it's too scary and all this. And it's just like kind of like just get the fuck over yourself. Yeah, now they're saying <laughs> if they if they can't get that, if like I think I can't work from home like three days a week, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna go look for a new job. Like what? Yeah. The fuck? Yeah. That's what they're saying. Yeah, it that's is. God. It's like, don't you want to get that. away from your? Don't you want to get away from the kids that you have to babysit oh. right now because they're not in school? Well, yeah. <laughs> or just, I mean, what's that has something to say? I mean, what's wrong with going and socializing? I mean, yeah. you know, if the, you know, if we didn't get a, if say me and Boomer and Jody all had to work from home, but we really worked at the same place, and then all of a sudden we get a chance to go back and fucking rib each other and do shit, it's like Boomer's like, no, I'm gonna stay home and play the Casio. You and Jody go work. I feel a little <laughs> weird. I mean. That's just fucking weird. I know it's come on, Boomer. Fucking suck it up. It is. I just I I I know there's a lot of studies out there that will contradict this, but I I have a hard time believing that even with a purely like kind of internet email, whether you're doing marketing or whatever, that you're more efficient from home. I have a hard time believing that. But I I keep seeing posts with all these studies that are saying. That oh people are are much more productive at home than they are in the office. 
but, but hang on. Me. I mean, <laughs> then you've got like companies like that, you know, Google and whatever that, you know, they promote how amazing the workplace is, you know, and they've got instead of stairs, they got fucking slides and, and they got fucking people asleep on beanbags and, and all yeah, sorts and of shit. Catered every day. Yeah. I got, and then I'll go, I got well, a solution. I got a solution. Oh, Send them all okay. to prison for a year. There you go. You come out a little bit more appreciative, huh? (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what I tell the youth if they when they ask me like, "Hey, how how do you get to become a machinist and stuff like that?" It's like, go to prison for a year. I bet you take that job and you run with it. You'd run with it hard, like after that. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure we should be encouraging people to go to prison. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I know. You're right. You're right. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's a byproduct, but. Join the military. Say, They'll do the same. Maybe, maybe what Boomer's been seeing is like if people are more productive from home. Like maybe some of the women that do take care of a lot of stuff from an office phone slash computer that could do it from anywhere. Well, think if they get to stay home, they don't have to go put makeup on. They don't even have to actually get dressed. They don't even just pull their hair back in a ponytail and leave their sweats on and fucking start hammering on the keyboard. And they might get shit more done fast than they actually went into the office i don't know i mean there might be yeah and i mean maybe there's something to be said for that because you know the asshole in the cubicle next to him isn't you know talking to him every five minutes or something yeah but i'm i'm so uh, about like breaking the gender barrier and having more women in machining that i don't like the idea of that because if you're telling me that you just give them like i gotta go to work with all these guys all the time that sucks that sucks I'm looking forward to this future of like gender barrier being broken and, and having women machines. I love the idea. I don't it doesn't bother yeah. me at all. <laughs> no, and we've had that discussion on this show of how women yeah. do in manufacturing because they can they can multitask better than men. They have better attention to detail. Yep. And they work their ass off. Like we, uh, our screw machine operator is a woman and she does fucking great. Um, before she went over to the oh oh he's back. Um, no, continue. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, but before she came, she went over to the L20. She was on night shift, and um, all the guys on day shift, if there was, like, something that was, you know, pretty difficult or, like, a high-dollar part, and they weren't really comfortable handing it off to anybody, they'd be like, oh, can can you, can you we have Sam run this? Can we have her do it? Like, I don't want any of the other guys to do it, and I want her to run it because, I mean, she's very thorough. You know, and she pays attention and she does a good fucking job. But unfortunately, I mean, like when we had Ello on here, you know, I think a lot of women are just run off by fucking insecure guys. Yep. Yep. And, you know, they're just they're just fucking terrible to them. It's bad. It's bad out there because like we 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 got women machinists at our company and stuff and women engineers and we encourage it all the way. Like I'm so it's awesome. It's like, but I've heard of stories like, yeah, like what you're saying. She mentioned, I think, uh, you know, that there was a an interview process or something that was kind of, I don't know, really uncomfortable. And I'm like, man, it's, it mm. kind of breaks my heart. It's like, I don't know. This, this, yeah, I she think did. it's gonna she, die she out. She told us, she told us about the, you know, this this particular guy that was, you know, just blatantly creating sexist remarks on the get go, and you're like, yeah. well. If this is what you're going into, why would, you know, those kind of people are not doing our industry any good at all. And the reality is that regardless of male, female, whatever, we just need good people. And if if it turns out the the majority of them are female, excellent. As long as we keep this industry going and we're and we're teaching the next generation to keep coming up, you know. But if you've got people that are literally 
stopping, uh, whether it be race, sex, whatever, from entering this industry, they shouldn't be in it as far as exactly. I know. Yeah. No, and I, I think a lot of it is like an ego thing, as it's like going to have, you know, this this woman tell me how to how to do this or, you know, oh, this guy has a bit of an accent. What does he know? I'm, he can't show me how to do this or something. And I just and, think it's it. I, I've seen it before. And it's, you know, it's fucking off. And it chases, yeah. like, like I said, it chases a lot of good people because who would want to deal with that? You know, there. Yeah, we're here. You guys there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was just listening. Sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, go ahead, Boomer. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, we're there. I'm listening to you. Oh, no. I'm, I was done. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, it, it's, you know, it's we, we've talked about it on this show a lot. And Albert used to say it all the time. You know, there's room. The ego. You're right. No room. You got to leave the ego at the door, man. That's, uh, that's exactly and especially right. How- how fast things change you know they the machine tool companies are always coming out with new functions and you know there's now there's 10 different codes just to activate the function or you know new tools and oh you don't run full width and and light depth you run it full depth and you know light width and it, it's just constantly changing and there's yeah. always people that have seen things that you've never seen before and I don't care who who you are, you could walk into a shop across the street and be a hundred percent law how they're doing things. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's I mean, getting ex- if you get exposed out there to like all these shops and stuff, man. I, I, every time I'm okay, I know you guys hate this, but I can't relate. I've worked in places. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like when you move to jobs, man, you learn a ton of shit from it. It's like wow, that's a horrible way to do that. Like, I'm glad I learned this other way to do it. Or you, you see them like, wow, that's, that's clever. I've never seen that before, but yeah, um, yeah it's, it's not good to, uh, on your resume. Definitely don't recommend that guys. All you machinists out there, stay loyal. It matters. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it, it, it can kind of shoot you in the foot too. Like first job in 05 and they had all Mazak machines. And then I got this other job. And it's all Mazak machines. I've never touched anything else. Yeah. Tony let me touch his LT for a little bit, but that, I mean, that's it. Akuma? I've never, yeah. Akuma? Never, I've never touched a Haas control in my entire life. Yeah, How'd but you like I was that Akuma, watching Boomer? you too, Boomer. I was watching you when you touched <laughs> it. How'd you like that I noticed you did eat your lunch right next to me at that <laughs> computer. I got to say, what? I like Akuma. Akuma is a strong, strong machine. I'm not a fan of the controllers. Don't hate me, Tony. Don't hate me. But I, well, that's just Akuma because, hold on, Let me, uh, you, if you would have listened to whatever episode, because I don't even know what episode it was, I also struggled coming from a Nakamura guy and, you know, learning all oh, yeah. that and then going to run an Akuma and put in front of that machine and go and make it work. I'm like, uh, I don't even know how this fucking control works, but I tell you what, man, being in one, in front of one since 1994 till today, they are, in my opinion, one of the best controls yeah. that you'll you know, I mean, it's so powerful and it is so fucking cool. It is. But it's, it's a you know, very I was strong gonna, machine. I was going to touch on something here. I don't know if uh, Jody and, and Boomer know, but when we were talking about Luke, uh, Jody and Boomer do know my story about my old boss that I worked for that was just fucking hard ass and made us stay after and clean the machines for 15 minutes after we punched out. You guys follow me? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, so this kid, Luke, is who brandon has worked with and now luke is also working at a really established place here in santa rosa called keysight and one of my other good friends works along with him and 
and says that he's also a really good machinist, a really good kid. But this is the kid that his mom would bring to the parking lot and my old boss would yell at him in the parking lot in front of all of us while we're eating a lunch. And so it sounds like yeah. he's taken the path and the road to not be like that and and do good. I've never met the kid, but I've heard no, good you're things. Right. You're absolutely right. The best part about it is he doesn't shit on his father. But he he did break down to me one time, like not break down. He he told me one time he's like, I don't want to work for my father because he as he said his father had a shop. And I'm like, wait, why aren't you working for your father? He's like, shook his head like I don't want to talk about it. And I I kind of appreciate that he doesn't want to shit on his father, but he mentioned like, man, it's he it kind of made it clear that it's like not not the guy I want to work for. And it kind of made you- it clear to me uh, like definitely like. And then when I put the relationship when I started listening to you guys and I heard about you working for him and or like that, I I was like, hey. Do you know this? Do you know this? Yeah. He's like, yeah. Well, yeah, you, I had you to bring DM'd me. You're like, yeah. are you talking about this guy? I'm all, yeah, yeah. Why? How do you know? <laughs> yeah. So funny story. Me, my old band and his band played a show together in like right. 2008 or 2009 at Rooster's Roadhouse in Alameda. Oh, yeah. He's a shredder, too. He's that guy. Yeah, he's good. He's a shredder. Yeah. yeah, I think we we played like second or third, and then his band closed it because they're they're really good. Wow, Boomer, I didn't know you played. You played? You played too? I was in a hardcore band for like ten or eleven years. Awesome, Same band. Man. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. that's awesome. I had no idea you played, man. Same here. I played I played guitar up like punk rock and hardcore like upring. That was my yeah. It was Scott, cool, man. We, we toured around a lot, <laughs> and it. I mean, I I blew every dollar I made in my twenties, like on that band, and you know the van and and touring around and stuff, and it yeah. was fun. And that's why Machine Shops was easy too, because I was like, they, I, I love, I mean, I I love I love having my job because of what I know and not what I look like. So I could be I could be covered yeah. in tattoos and this playing on in a band, and it's like as long as I'm there to do the job, they don't care about my outside life, and I love that. I don't have to kiss someone's ass to keep my job. Like yeah. I don't. I just yeah, just my, be good at what I do. My first boss, he he was a musician too, and I I asked, you know, hey, would it be possible if I could like take like a month off so like we could go on tour or whatever? And he was like, oh, and we were kind of we were like, I mean, we weren't super busy at the time, we were, but we weren't slow either. And he's like, well, how about I just lay you off and then you could get unemployment <laughs> while you're gone? And I was like, okay, really <laughs> rad boss, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I've told this story before, but when I first went to work for Luke's dad at that shop in Santa Rosa, the small shop before they went big, and they had he, I walked in there for an interview several times because he was literally on hiring me for the first couple of times because he just thought I was too green. But uh, well, I walked in there and there was machines running. It was all Matsura and Nakamura, blah blah blah. And but they had fucking like three or four both speakers hanging from the ceiling, and they were playing Great White, and it was just all rocking out and smoke and coolant fucking mist was flying everywhere. Everybody was smoking cigarettes at their machine. The fucking roll up doors were open. I go, man, I want to be part of this, man. Just come on, man. Just let me fucking. I miss me- that. Oh, dude, wish, it was I'm, so rad. He would walk around in the morning with his cup of coffee and his Marlboro and smoke it and puff it in my face and say, "How's things going today, Mr. Clouser?" <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he would say. But I uh, wish we I could don't smoke it at the machines, and That's awesome. I, I I hear about these stories. I'm like, man, we never got to smoke at our machines. Uh, that sounds like awesome. I don't know but, if you uh, know or not, Brandon, but I just heard a couple weeks ago that uh, Luke's dad passed away finally. Oh no way! No yeah, way! He's I no didn't lo- know that. And he's no longer with us. But you know, I I still 
to this day I do a lot of shit uh, the way that he did I, I take the positive from it and I keep busy and I keep my guys motivated I don't treat them like he treated people like that but he had a lot of good in him and uh, and I take that and, and, I, and I use that yeah I'm gonna reach out to him I didn't I didn't see you know I follow him on Instagram and Luke is you know I, he's always posting pictures of his like playing and so I didn't know that damn that's that's tough that's uh you know we're never prepared for it you know like it's going to happen to every one of us, you know, but we're never prepared for it. It's so crazy. You know, I lost my father two years ago. And it's, 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 it's my last remaining parent. Wasn't right. prepared. You know, you think you're ready for it. I lost my mom when I was 22. And I'm thinking like, yeah, you know, if it, when it, it's going to happen, you know, but still never, never prepared for it. Well, so speaking of playing, I saw that you posted, a, 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 I don't I can't keep track of time anymore, but it might've been two, three weeks ago, but a new roommate that you have, that you found oh, yeah. Craig's, you guys both play fucking guitars or whatever. It looked yeah, like a good time. But that motherfucker plays. Like, that motherfucker plays. He really <laughs> plays. Like, I, I was thinking, like, I've been held highly by my friends and local friends. Like, oh, yeah, Brandon, he gets he gets technical. He learns, like, you know, I have to sit down and learn, like, the crazy train solo, like, yeah. note for note. And I learned, like, I was, like, karaoke playing. I didn't, I just, like, parried stuff I heard on the radio to the T, like, yeah. you know, I don't know, Eagles or something. Or, uh, But this guy fucking plays. And I was, so when I saw his equipment, I came in there and I was like, oh, cool, you got equipment. Oh, cool. I, I thought nothing of it. I was like, yeah, he probably just you know, noodles or whatever. I didn't know this motherfucker plays, and he plays table steel guitar. I don't know if you ever seen anyone play table steel. Oh yeah, lap steel. Is hot. Like yeah. Oh yeah. He yeah. plays like. Yeah, I'm like, you need to move yourself to Nashville. What are you doing in Oakland? No one gives a <laughs> shit about that here, dude. You are fucking hot. He's he doesn't believe in himself. Well, hope he doesn't hear this. Oh, I hope he does hear this. <laughs> I believe in him as a, and it's like always wow. the modest, the modest guitarist or like a modest right. person that is most skilled. The guy who thinks he's good is the guy who sucks. Like, <laughs> dude, I, I worked me. with <laughs> a guy. I worked with a guy and he was, you know, Oh, he was the same way. Like, Oh yeah, I play like here and there a little bit. And then, uh, I was telling him, I was like, man, I've, I've always tried to like, the, there's this one part in like bark at the moon. And like, I could just never get it. And I was I like, I can do about. it. I can do it slow. I can, you know, I know the notes, but I cannot do it at like the pace in the song. And then I get home and I'm home for about 20 minutes. And then he sends me a video of him just like playing the entire song. Like, I mean, note for note, absolutely perfect. And I'm just like, That's you motherfucker. Awesome. But he was like, yeah, so casual about it. Just like, oh, yeah, I play here and there. That's awesome. That's awesome. That, that song it's it's, it's infuriating, show, isn't it? <laughs> it is it is a little bit i'm taking back i'm like he wants to become a machinist and like i and i'm like yeah you can come down to my warehouse and get on my bridge port on my lathe anytime and learn this stuff and it's like now that i know the godly level that he plays guitar at, i'm like hey i will show you everything i know about machining show me this guitar shit like you do exactly. like he plays i'm like I, and i want like I'm, I'm glad that he's like he's inclined to know machining you know he you know, and I'm like, dude, let's trade. I will pay you for lessons. I, even I'll, I'll teach you machining, but I'll pay him for lessons to learn his shit. He's fucking so good. But, hey, Jody. Jody. Yeah. So do we have enough time or do we even dare ask him about his woman? We <laughs> have. We have. We have all the time in the world, Tony. Okay, so the next, do you even want to talk about it, Brandon? Yeah, it, I will. I will because you guys asked me. I wouldn't I wouldn't have brought it up, but I, I, would, I would because you guys seem interested and I want to stand up for every – Every guy out there that's had to deal with this. Let's yeah, do it. it let's just, let's just take it. Let's take it. Let's not rush it. Let's just Deep take breath. it a bit slow. Let's, let's just take one step Start back. Start from the beginning. <laughs> Start from the beginning. Okay. Let's, let's just, just roll with the story and okay. let's let's do it. Remember, remember, Brandon, this is 
the machinist therapy hotline and we're here okay. to help. We're here to okay, help. So, so, so uh, in fairness, I will say there's always two sides to the story. So what I'm telling you from here on out can't be taken as gospel. You got to understand sure. there might be another side to this, but when I tell you these details and you know who I am from this last, uh, what is it? Hour of talking. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I might be a little crazy, but what, what has happened is made me super like I blown away. I was like, I cannot, cannot believe what, what someone can do to someone. And I just want to warn everyone out there. If you think that it can't be true, it can be true. It's um, you know, you sign up for a relationship, you sign up for the breakup. You got to understand that you know, when you go into a relationship, you might not end up being with them. What you didn't sign up or didn't know you signed up for is probably signing yourself up to going to see a psych doctor and thinking that you have schizophrenia through someone gaslighting you for a long time. And I will go ahead and say that I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm, I'm, hurt, I'm hurt from it because it's like, man, it was a conditioning that happened over the last six months that I really thought this long distance relationship, someone was being honest over there and I was hearing someone in the background and I was being told that I'm hearing voices. And I thought I was hearing voices because I know I'm fucking crazy, but... <laughs> I really didn't think it would get to that level. Like, the, why would why would someone go that far? You know? Okay, uh, but so start start from the beginning, man. Yeah, and break let's it down. Start from the beginning. <laughs> so it was uh, uh, for all you out there that's not lived in a, an outside world. Uh, a polyamorous relationship is very complicated, and uh, I don't want to get into co- like how complicated it can get, but. It's something I signed up for because monogamous relationship wasn't working for me. I'm like, hey, I met someone and I'm OK with it. I'm I'm it doesn't make me feel insecure or anything. It's like, let's be honest. You know, if we're living long distance, let's I like you. But if we're, you know, start seeing someone else on the side, it's OK. It doesn't mean I want to disconnect. I know it's a hard concept for people to understand, but I I I, I, I got it. I was like, OK, cool, because I go on a date here with someone else. I'm see whatever. And uh, it's it's hard for people to understand that. And, but I jumped into this thing and I was like, okay, cool. And she, she has another boyfriend down there. And, you know, I was dating other people up here on, and, uh, so why would someone lie about seeing someone like someone having someone there? Uh, so that, that's kind of got weird. I was a, a year and a half long relationship and it was good. It was so good. You know, if you see my Instagram, you can see that I was doing big things with her going, you know, Zion, Utah and doing all this stuff. And, um, I started, getting a different person on the phone calls. I just felt like she was a different person. Totally. Uh, I started hearing her state things that I knew about her already. Like she would tell me that she's a writer and I'm like, why are you telling me that? I've been dating you for a year and a half. Like, why are you stating this? And I started accusing her. I said, Hey, I think, uh, is, are you alone right now? Or if there's someone, and she's like, no, you're, you're hearing things. And she started to act concerned. Like, Hey, you need to see a doctor. You're hearing things. And that definitely wasn't, I knew, well, I started to consider it because why would someone lie to me about that, especially in a polyamorous relationship? Like she could be honest with it and it's OK. Why would someone do that? Yeah. That, OK, um, so that's what I don't understand. I mean, so it, what if she would have said, yeah, somebody's over? Would you have been more I'd be like, OK, more, no, I'd be okay. I'd, yeah, you have more clarity with that. Yeah. And, and make me feel less guilty for going to see other people up here because I was getting like I was getting opportunities to date others. But I was, you know, I was more invested with her. I was like, nah, you know, you know. Uh, all guys know this. It's it's already tough to have one relationship. How can you do more than one? You're busy with whatever hobby or whatever you got on the side. One is enough already. You're like, I don't got time for multiple relationships. But if someone else, if you know the person that you're dating and you're interested in is seeing someone else, it's like, well, then I get I get opportunities all the time. I'm going to go take them. You know, I don't have to, especially in this day and age, especially 
Oakland and Berkeley, it seems like it's the norm out here. It's uh, so I started seeing other women, but I felt like, you know, that, that made her maybe hurt her or something. So, mm-hmm. and, and then, yeah, I, I find out later, like I'm, I, I start feeling like I started accusing. Her. I said, Hey, I think you're, I think someone's there right now. And she's saying, I'm crazy. I'm like, well, I feel uncomfortable. I'm going to get off the phone. So things got really complicated. I would just call and I'm like, tell that someone was there because she was this totally different person. You know how you know someone, you would, ex- you understand the response or the way they talk yeah, or something. It's I like do. They're talking in third party. Yeah. So, so it's like, I mean, so you, you agreed to go into this, what's it called? Relationship? Polyamorous relationship or non-monogamous. Okay. So, you're, you're, so you're you you agreed to this. I mean, was it an option for you? You had to take it or if you, you know, I really, I really liked her. I really liked this one because she's very smart. You know, and I wanted, I wanted someone I can, I can, I can nerd out for hours. And as, if you guys know already right. on this phone call, I can talk. And okay, can so I'm stuff getting stuff this. Like, so, so, so in a nutshell, in my opinion, was you agreed to this because you dug this chick, but ultimately, I think you cool. wanted to have her. I think you wanted that one-on-one, just you and her. And and and, and yeah, the I mean, fact that. Now, hold on. The fact that yeah. she's it's, it's open and you guys can go both go do your own things. I'm from what I'm hearing from you. It's like, oh, I have the option and I could go do my own thing. But I really not thinking about that right now. I have the opportunity, but I'm still digging this chick so hard that I mean, are you feeling me? I kind of think. Yeah, that yeah you, exactly. Exactly right. Yeah. I, I didn't have the capacity okay. for more than one. Like I was I was interested in this one and it was hard to hold a candle to her. I was like, she holds two masters. She's very smart. So I, I was like, you know, what? I don't, I don't find a lot of, like that people that can put up with me. So his compatibility was the, the thing in question here. So I, I, I liked that she was very compatible. So it's, it's tough. You know, I go on dates uh, nowadays, and it, all it takes is one thing, and I'm like, ah, I can't talk to you. And I went on a date on the other day, and this woman told me that she didn't believe in COVID, and it's not a real thing. And I'm like, I, I wanted to end it right there. I'm like, I'm, she said it was the toxins that we put in our body that caused. I'm like, ah. I wanted to walk away from the date. I'm like, where am I living right now? But people talking like this. <laughs> so Berkeley. Yeah, exactly. Berkeley, <laughs> exactly. The, state, the city and its own, like the people's Republic of Berkeley, the communist state that it is. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's getting, yeah. So it's, it's tough compatibility. So see someone compatible and I'm like, yeah, it's, and also I would tolerate it because I'm, I know who I am. Like it doesn't make me insecure or anything. If she, whatever, you know, I can go, yeah get another date or whatever and but it, so it all sounds it, like, it all sounds very i mean i i think well i don't know if i'm putting words into tony's mouth um words in tony's mouth but i i also was like okay i don't i don't understand the modern day dating stuff you know like that just it's and i sound really old even me saying it like that but you know you're right you'd sort of both obviously already bought into it but that wasn't the issue it was the issue that even though you've got that agreement that someone then still decides to not tell you the truth. And that, that is yes. bit that doesn't work, you know, yeah, like, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Like I knew she had another partner down there. His name, you know, like it, like, it doesn't matter what his name is, but he's, he's awesome. And I met him and it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't make me, I know it's a weird thing for people to understand, but it didn't make me insecure. It didn't make me, but this is not, I, when I met him, I was like, okay, cool. It's like, that's, and I, I just told her, honestly, I'm like, um, it doesn't bother me at all. But if you guys are physical, I just don't want to hear about it because it's it just turns me off. Like I can't help myself. I'm a you know a male born in this generation that's like if you if I don't want to hear about it, just I don't care. Like it doesn't bother me. You know, um, it would just turn me off if you told me you, you guys are physical. I don't want to hear. 
Okay, so, so let me ask it, you this. Let me ask you this right now. So are you sure at this point in your life that you are ready for this type of relationship? Because to me, it doesn't sound like you are. It sounds mm-hmm. like you wanted to be one-on-one with this chick, and you were trying to play the game. But I'm, I'm just speaking from my heart here, man. I was like, well, you, you I mean, wanted I, it one-on-one. Yeah, I, I would I would entertain anything because I was like I really like this. One. So it yeah, was like I, I went on dates that. also, but I got I got this weird feeling. I you know, and it almost made me feel special to her because I got this jealousy bit out of her when I told her I was going on a date with someone. You know, and I was like, wow, it made me feel a little special that she was kind of I got these jealousy questions and stuff, and I was like, okay, this is normal. So maybe I don't know, kind of. No, I get I get what you're saying, man. I mean, you guys were long distance. You can't yeah, exactly. be together all the time. It is what yeah. it is, but. No, I'm I'm kind of with you. The whole lying thing and then kind of gaslighting you—that's that's not right. Yeah, exactly. That, that's what I was hurt from. It was like, I mean, that you're she. It was like I told her at one point. I'm like, listen, I'm gonna talk to a doctor, uh, you know. And my doctor, my direct doctor, told me like, hey, what you're dealing with, you need to talk to a psychiatrist. Like, it's not a psychologist. You need to talk to psychiatry because if you're hearing voices, that's schizophrenia, schizophrenia, in the first stages, and that's usually cured with medicine. So when I came back to her, I'm like, listen, I'm about to sign my life over and it's going to change me permanently if I go on, on this medicine. You know, like it's not like I'm, I'm ready to do this if that's what's really going on. And, you know, and she still played the game. And I told her, I said, like I said, because I knew it in my heart. I was like, I, well, I don't know in your heart. If you're dealing with that, that's what exactly what someone was dealing with that condition would say. It's saying, like, I know I'm not going crazy. Right. It's right, yeah. so maybe maybe I'm still that, you know, but but it, all it took was before I went, I got smart and recorded a conversation. You know, I recorded a phone call and it turned into a face. I recorded it and then I checked with others. I'm like, does it look like did she, does it sound like she was talking to someone else? And like and people that don't know me or like know her would tell me the truth and be like, yes, definitely. There's someone there. She saw a shooting star and couldn't help contain it, but yell it out in her other partner that was there that was not supposed to be there was like did you really and she just yeah it kind of she got caught right there and i thought no i remember hearing that but i mean what do you say what do you mean when you say he wasn't supposed to be there i mean i thought this whole relationship well it's it's not that partner it wasn't the one partner i met she she had a new partner and and it was like and she didn't want to tell me and that's like that was the biggest thing is be honest if you're not into me anymore let me go because i'll move on that's that was the whole thing it's like keeping me stringing me along if you're it's like it was like part of the like, just be honest, because I, I I'll I'll move on. I'll be all right. That's what like I said in the beginning. When you sign up for a relationship, you sign up for the breakup. Accept that. And I wanted that. Yeah. at that point. I wanted that because I, I was feeling a different person. It was totally going south. And I was like, uh, I keep every time I call. It just feels like I'm talking to someone new that doesn't understand or like just weird. And then I was told I was going crazy. Like and I would hear her like answer questions to someone else or. I remember walking, she was walking with someone and she would, and talking to me on the phone and she, I said, what are you doing right now? She's like, oh, we're going to Home Depot to look at tile. I'm like, who's we? And she's like, oh, just me and my mother in Texas. We're, I mean, we, it's like, we're buying a house and, and like, who's, you're, who's buying a house? Your mother and you? Like, it was just so obvious that I feel stupid for trusting someone that much. Like when you should, I don't discourage anyone from that, but I, like, how do I recover from this? How do I get out of this and then trust another? <clears throat> After that, I'm like, fuck them all. <laughs> but yeah, I know. I hear you. I guess I was mistaken. I mean, I thought that, um, you know, when you talked about having that type of relationship and, and then trusting her and you met the guy, but I didn't know there was another guy or multiple guys. And, and then all of a sudden, she, 
Yeah, and all of a sudden she's starting her same old spill over with you again, like you're a new guy in the mix and telling you what she does and what she doesn't do. It's like, yeah, that's got to be frustrating. And, and, and I mean, uh, I mean, it was it was her kink, and I didn't know she had that. You know, she didn't strike me as a type of person, but that was her kink because there's no way like anyone would play in that sick game unless yeah. it was like something that turned someone fucking on. Because <laughs> that's that. I mean, that's I mean, whatever. I'll, I'll be all right it's 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 good yeah we know you will man yeah Yeah. i mean like in in any sort of relationship i mean honesty is just paramount you know but in this type of relationship it seems like it would be even you know more important to be to be honest with what's going on right right and that's especially when it's you know it's it's agreed upon that it's going to be you know there's going to be multiple people or or the possibility of multiple people yeah, and uh, and I, I think I, I mean moving forward, I, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm like, this is you may she was a bad example of it, and I know a lot of people that have this relationship and it works out awesome for them. But I, I me, I'm I'm just gonna keep it simple. Just just stay monogamous, zero monogamous, one at a time. I'm not I'm not trying to do this other thing again. No, dude, your your time's gonna your time's gonna Cadillac. Your time's gonna come, dude. You trust yeah. me. You 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 know, good looking dude, smart on his game, wit. It's gonna happen. You just gotta wait. It's it'll be there, and you're gonna yeah. be blown away. Yeah, I'm, it'll, it'll happen. It'll happen. You you often find them when you're not looking. So exactly, they'll find you. Yeah, don't, wait, wait. don't look. That's when Say it happens again? the most, huh, Jody? It's just like yeah. you're not even interested. Not even interested. Or, yeah, yeah. Boom, boom. You still there? You still there? I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm sort of getting like a double double echo echo thing. Me too. Me too. Whoa, whoa. Disco, disco, disco. (laughs) Hey, sorry, sorry. Got disconnected. What were you saying, Tony? Um, I don't know. Wait, no, 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 no. That was that was some deep stuff, and I just like okay, refresh me. I don't, not sure where we left off. No, I think what we what we basically said was actually just don't look. Because yes. the right yeah. one will come to you, and and then you know it's it's then it's correct, you know. Like I the, agree. the more you search, is what does this someone once say? Said um, the more you, uh, this is it will sound terrible, I'm sure, and it'll make me sound ridiculous, but um, love and that stuff is like a butterfly, you know. The the more you try to catch it, the 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 less likely you are to get it. But then when you're not looking for it, it will slowly land on your shoulder and you'll be like, that's it, done. No, yeah. it's true. I'm, I'm, I'm not rushing it. I mean, you Definitely. see how busy I am. I don't got time for a relationship right now. After this, I'm like, you know, that that made its way into my life a little bit, but I'm glad to be back to where you see the shit I just pulled off recently. I got that Tesla coil making music. That's something I've been working on hard. Fuck, fuck the relationships right now. <laughs> well, fair enough. Here's, so, one thing, here's one thing I'll say. It's like when I, when I did go through – a divorce and i relocated an hour south in you know in Sonoma county slash santa rosa and then you know i had all kinds of shit going on but i wasn't interested in women at all at all because i mean i'm still grieving and whatever what have you but uh when you transform into that and you just still be yourself and you just try to do your best then all of a sudden they fucking come i mean yeah when you love yourself dr- right yeah, when you love yourself yeah. and you put yourself first, then all of a sudden there's these chicks that are like, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to brag or anything. There's like a four or five different girls I've known for a long time. I'm like, oh, you're single now? Oh, my God. And it's like, dude, I'm driving a Hyundai. Come on. 
so uh, you're going to be fine, dude. But I mean, just no. love yourself and keep on being you. It does happen. It really does. They they know their fucking feelers go out, their sensors go out, and they just swoop in like I'm going to get it. Isn't it crazy? It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like the minute they know that you love the shit out of yourself and you don't love anyone else is when they want to be involved in your life. It's, it's like why crazy. are you so happy, bitch? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but Tony, that that time is coming again, isn't it? Because you're soon going to be the badass guy on a motorbike, and oh, my God, God you're 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 basically going to be like a moving <laughs> fanny magnet. Dude, that thing just got picked up today in Tallahassee, Florida. It's loaded up. I got video of it. It's headed my way. 1983 GS 1100 ES. Oh, nice. Pristine cafe racer. Fuck. I'm going to yeah. warm that fucker up at 6 in the morning with that Vance and Hines 4. And I'm, what? 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 <laughs> oh. That's awesome. Yeah, no. That's awesome. I'm man. so I, stoked. Yeah. I'm very yeah. stoked. I don't know if you saw the post or not, but I used to go down. I did. Like, yeah. Now, fuck yeah. I'm I so did. Stoked. I did pick up just, you needed to do something for yourself like that. I think that's awesome. Thank you, Thank you. Yeah, that thing's fucking cool, man. Mm, very cool. Thank so just actually, just quickly going Hank's going to gonna roll it down the street in the middle of the night and then fire it up at the bottom of the street and take off. <laughs> and do some wheelie skis. He's going to be fun. Yeah, some wheelie badass. skis, some wheelie skis. What skills. are wheelie skis? Wheelie skis? What is that? That boomer hop dance. <laughs> I was really drunk when we did a show, and I was asking Tony if his wheelie skills carried over from motocross to BMX because his will wheelie. <laughs> wheelie his wheelie skills are awesome. Wheelie skills on a dirt bike are well known. Yeah, and uh, was it on the episode with Ken? It might have been. Yeah, because we were yeah, talking about BMX. Been. Yeah. And I, I was really fucked up, and I said, uh, wheelie skis. And then I fucked up again and said, willy skills. <laughs> and Cody talked willy skills, and he got all excited. That's I funny. always get excited when you talk, Boomer, because so it's, it just could be, be anything. It could mean anything from a really cool wheelie to somebody giving you a wet willy. We don't know yet. <laughs> I thought you guys were making fun of Jody's uh, you know, accent or something down there. Oh, I thought you guys were like, that's what they call it down no, there. And I'm like, never yeah. Yeah. <laughs> only when he says, only when he says like bonnet or garage or gay shit like that. <laughs> or, or torch. Do you guys say, say torch down there? Yes. Or a flashlight? Torch? That's yeah. I like that one. That's cool. But you know what? I do, I do like – you guys say proper instead of legit here in California or like – is that something you guys say down there? You say proper? I, mean, I do oh, like that say, as it's saying. We, we say all sorts of shit. I don't, I don't even know what I'm saying yeah. half the time to be honest with you. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. somebody that draws the drawer. Jody's Mr. Worldwide. He's lived all over the place. So, yeah, yeah, but Jody, Jody, do you guys call he'll, it an indicator? He'll say a little bit of everything. Uh, do, we, do I say or what? Indicator. Yeah. Do you guys do you say indicator or clock? Do you guys call it a clock? Because I've, I've heard, I've heard, you know, um, I've worked with the English machinist for a while, and he, he never called it an indicator. He called it a clock. And I was like, that's that makes sense. It does look like a clock, but well, I, that's what you say. No, I normally just call it a I dial, know. actually. Okay, dial, dial makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Do you guys say chuffed down there? Chuff? Yeah, like chuffed. Uh, well, I feed the goats chuff. Oh. What's chuff? What is chuff? <laughs> well, it's, like chuffed, being like you know a little happy, happy with yourself or something. Okay. I All thought right. that was being a chub. pleased with yourself. <laughs> I thought that was a chub. <laughs> well, when I get pleased, I get. That's <laughs> pleasing yourself. 
Oh, my bad. Like when you go to We're on a slippery slope right now. We are on a slippery slope. <laughs> just, I just I'd like to make it out there. I'd like to make it out there, Jody. Just being everyone honest, does. I'd love to be there. Everyone would want to do that, but nobody gets on the fucking plane to see me. So. Well, we were <laughs> trying I'll do it. You, you, you throw that invite out there, I'll come out there. No, he had a birthday party scheduled, but then COVID shot that down. So we're going to go to his 75th birthday party. How much longer is that? 75th. Man, that'd be cool. Yeah, no, we, we will organize that. So I just want to just go back quickly. So on your, so with your electronics thing, the, the, with the Tesla like thunder uh, lightning yeah. bolt shooter. So, I mean, we obviously you talked about the fact that it fires things out and, uh, you know, it, within the uh, 18 feet radius or whatever. Um, yeah. I saw you guys holding like light bulbs, like, you know, like, uh, Tube lights, and lamps. yeah, neon and, lights, and connecting to it and have it like, I mean, yes, that's so. This is this, yeah, that that's it's, a, it's amazing, right? It's crazy, it is amazing. Uh, I just yeah, think it's wow, you're, you're like one one pulse away from being fried to a crisp. So, what, no, Jody's, no, no. so what Jody's saying is that we would we think we would like to party with you, but we both think we're pretty fucking too scared to party with you. <laughs> Remember when <laughs> I said exactly earlier today that there was, there was there, there's still a lot to be known about electricity that a lot of people don't know. So without going too far into it, Tesla had there's written written like uh, you know witnesses of of people that witnessed Tesla doing this you know 100 years ago, 150 years ago, you know that where he was. Um, illuminated by his skin was illuminated by it. and people were saying this is this is bullshit this is not not true they found out it's true it's called the skin effect and a high frequency ac it doesn't travel through the body it travels on top of the skin because of eddy currents without getting too complicated it's it is true that you can be zapped by high voltage and if it's at a high enough frequency it doesn't penetrate the skin so there's a crazy thing another term they call is coupling it's you're coupling with it so like rf or radio waves do this too so it's it's you know it's able to use your skin as a conductor and not hurt you, but they actually don't know the true like long-term effects of that because uh, I I honestly believe they don't know enough about this and it could be a reason of ca- causing cancer you know across the globe we have electricity here you know that causes radiation but that's a, another topic that's some deep stuff but but I, they're still yeah, learning a lot about a this stuff. He a little gaunt when he died. Yeah, yeah, and also they, they, everyone knows him or recognizes him as went crazy because he talked about exactly what I showed you in that video is the wireless yeah. energy thing. He knew that he can transmit electricity wirelessly, but what everyone thought he was made him crazy is he thought there was a frequency to Earth that that was given off and he can pick up on it and he gives us free energy. That's not true. But he, like we shouldn't recognize him as crazy for that. He did everything else on this planet, like the car manufacturer Tesla. That actually is his patent on the motor. He made the induction motor, uh, the AC grid, you know, the all the electricity that powers this globe is his his patents, and he didn't get much money for it. You know? Yeah, didn't he, he like kind of give those to Westinghouse so that they Westinghouse, could beat out, yeah, uh, Edison? Correct, correct. So he signed over, and they gave him like um, a percentage of every kilowatt, and they never, you know, they reneged on the deal. They didn't, they didn't give him what he gave. So he died very poor, but he is the reason why everything electrical on this planet has involved him. What's he is that? kind of the unsung hero, there's, for sure. There's that real famous picture of him where he's just kind of sitting in a chair, like looking yeah. at a book, and the whole room around him is just like absolutely filled with Arms. with huge like lightning bolts. Yeah, yeah, and that's a, that's a true thing. I mean, it's, I think his place in Colorado, where he forgot the name of the place, but uh, it's that's he had built these big coils out there, and he, he actually burned up 
a local power station pulling all this current and they you know, he was like ostracized so, you know like they looked at him like he was evil or you know for doing this kind of work but he's a hero for me for sure because yeah i love that i love that he's an unsung hero with all this brilliance and he didn't do it for the money he did it to well, be just, remembered. just you know when something is that new having that level of understanding of it oh yeah you know yeah and i mean he, he did come up with stuff in his sleep it's it, he did like the three-phase induction motor is um, ingenious if you look at it there's no brushes in there. there's no physical there's no wires or electrical connections to the rotor itself all those servos that you have in your machines that's his that's his work that's what like he proved it and he did it in his sleep i heard that's like read all this stuff about it it's like you woke up and you come up with these designs he's like no it's perfect i know it is i came up with it in my sleep and it's it's on it's on it's unreal there's no one else yeah. that i know i saw the ancient aliens it. where they were theorizing that he was being communicated with because he would come up with such things in his sleep. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know about that, but like, yeah, it is like I, there's a lot of people that like say that you know a lot of craziness. So I, I kind of see a different. I, I don't know. He was born in a well, lightning storm. What's the, storm. That's, what's that's the quote? It's like it's not him, but it's it's some quote that like uh, an advanced enough technology is indistinguishable from magic. I mean, I think I mean Michael Faraday. He was very much that the the father of electrical induction, which is magnetism, or that. He very much, yeah. He did. That's what he did with his magic shows. He would put on shows because whatever one doesn't understand is magic until it yeah. is understood. You know, it is very much. I thought the, the the greatest person was Magneto. I thought that was the guy that had the. <laughs> and then you had Edison, an electrocuting animal. Yeah, but Edison is a hero to me too, though. I got a portrait of him also with Tesla, you know, because it it is like, you know, I had band pictures of people growing up, you know, and then I got real, and I was like, you know what, who I admire, the people have changed this world. Yeah, Edison is because he's the first person to do a phonograph, which is our record player, all the way up to the MP3 player. It was started by Edison, so he's he's a good businessman, the number one person with the most patents. Like I thought you were talking about Tesla, the band. <laughs> Tesla the band is oh, awesome man. though too. This whole time that's I'm Alfred about Lyon the territory, my friend. Alfred that is Lyon. Alfred Lyon. Yeah, he fucking knows every one of them. They come over for his house for Thanksgiving. I want to meet this guy too, yeah. man. I like that. I love that that episode you guys got brought him on and stuff. And uh, he talked about the carbide in his nose, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm fine." He's <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like, like everyone talking about carbide being poison, man. I got in trouble for grinding carbide at my work, and they moved all the grinders to the door, and they're like, "You can't grind that here." I'm like, "Dude, I know someone that's been doing it his whole life and had it up his nose. He's fine." Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, no, the, the, of tool grinding. I mean, the the old man over there, he he recently passed away. Um, I think it was in the last year or two, but that was something that we, we always said, cause you know, they're local. So it was like anytime we would, me or Paul would talk about, you know, oh man, I hate grinding carbide. It's like, man, I bet that guy ground more carbide in his garage in a week than we'll ever grind in our entire life. You know, and, and, and knowing that, like knowing Alfred and like, seeing that like this 11 years into the industry, when I first saw the sheer hog. I thought it was a company like Sandvik, man. That tool is the shit. Like, it is like the every every shop I show go up to, I'm like, oh yeah, you guys kind of limit. Yeah, they got one. They got a shear hog for sure. Yeah. One of theirs. Yeah, you know, they they made an impact for sure. Yeah, the yeah. shear hog is their tool, and and no one else. I mean, everyone else could follow, but they were the ones who pioneered it for sure. Or I don't know if they pioneered it, but they're the industry standard. Every shop I go to, and, and this is across the U.S. that I've been. You know, if they're cutting aluminum, I've seen I see one of Alfred's tools for sure. Hmm. That's cool. He was cool. He did his podcast late, like while he was in the swimming pool. 
He or not in his jacuzzi. Yeah. <laughs> he did. He was like drinking <laughs> beers and girls are dropping like water over his head and wrapping his wiping his shoulders. And <laughs> That's <wrapping>. awesome. That's <laughs> total awesome. pimp daddy kind of shit. <laughs> it is. I still remember like, j- like there was just like some bashing noise. And Jody was like, what was that? And he, and he just goes, oh, sorry, I was crushing a beer can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did. He did. yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So it's about yeah. this time on the podcast where we, uh, Tony asks you his now famous question. Um, so we'll leave that with Tony. Okay. Out of the gate, are you circumcised? <laughs> Is this a true? I, I didn't know this question, but. Uh, Yes, uh, by not by choice, but it was by you know my, I was born Catholic and uh, raised that way until I was about twelve years old, and then got real with myself. And uh, yeah, I was uh, yeah. <laughs> so got yes, real with yourself, but yes. not by choice. That's the I mean, first answer I mean, we've had. I mean, I mean, like I got it at birth. Like I, I didn't have a choice. So well, of yeah, course not. You're <laughs> an infant, a toddler. It, the answer was just either yes or no. But yes, okay, that's fine. That'll work. <laughs> God damn it! I'm still angry about it too. Exactly. God damn it is exactly what I was thinking too. You know like, what? Wait, I've it's... seen them little fucking plastic holders that they strap those babies down into, and they fucking put up straps around their arms and straps around their legs, what? and then it's weird. Oh, dude, they have That's a why molded. That's so twisted. That's why they I have a molded so plastic fucking little holder where they strap them down into it, and then they just fucking cut it. That's oh, why I geez. turned so kinky, man. I had a. I was wondering why I was like this. I thought it was yeah, Catholicism. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Okay, so uh, also, who do you follow? Also, who do you that you actually dig? Wait, say again. Who's some of the couple of guys that you follow on Instagram that you check in on daily? Uh, let's see here. Who? Uh, okay, uh, Alfred. Oh, definitely, I follow him. Um, uh, there's a couple other guys out there, the military guys that you know uh, follow. Is um, trying to think. Uh, yeah, who are you, guys? Military guys that you like to follow. Military guys. Um, uh, one of them has fallen off. I haven't seen him in a while. Um, got his name. Uh, damn, you got you got me on the spot there. Uh, he does that. He I mean, does that to everyone. Don't worry, bro. He, he's out of he's out of Sacramento too. He's out of Sacramento La- too. Laser uh, eye, big double flush. Yeah, laser eye too. Laser eye. I haven't seen him in a while. And <laughs> oh, stinky double, double flush. Huh? Stinky double flush. Yeah, stinky double flush. Yeah. I haven't but, seen him in a long time either. Yeah, right? but You're he right. was he was pulling off some cool cool Milturn stuff. But uh, yeah, there's. Yeah. I gotta say, my feed is full of a lot of stuff now, though. Um, you know, um, what's his name? Uh, the guy who's doing spray welding. Um, I forgot his name. That's a new one that I've been A-bomb. following recently. Adam A-bomb. Yes, A-bomb. A-bomb is a ah, guy that I've been following recently. I've, I've like, like, wow, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm shocked by the stuff that I see that he does, and I'm like, kind of like, wow, I want to do stuff like that. He's, and uh, there's another guy with the manual machining. Um, forgot his name. I'm sorry, I'm bad with the names because. Uh, no I had them on my profile, and then I'm just like, just look at your stuff, but I don't, don't recognize them. You know, they're on the other side of the country for us. But um, manual machining guy that's always like, taking old machines and like redoing them. I know you guys know him. Sorry, yeah. Not Ivan. No. No, it's not Ivan. And there's a mold guy over on the East Coast too that you guys I think brought on the show. That was really good too. He had a couple more. He brought a Mori into his, his garage. Thought that was awesome. Uh, oh, oh, stuff. Stefan is good too. I think that's how you say that. You guys got to bring him on. I don't know if he's been on the show. Yeah, um, you mean from um in Germany? Germany. Germany. Yeah. Yes, yeah. What's his? He's a his fucking name, wizard, man. Oh, I he's, love his, yeah, he's good. Uh, his, he's awesome. his videos. His videos and everyone like I and I, I'm I'm starstruck when he talks to me on Instagram. I'm like, dude, 
you, you, you like the Tesla coin stuff? I'm like, awesome. I'll do it for you, man. <laughs> I'm starstruck. Like, I, I was watching his videos on YouTube, and they're so good. And I didn't yeah. know it was the same person for the longest time that he was following yeah. me already. I'm like, oh, shit, this guy is really involved. You guys got to get him on the show. I got to tell him. A, he is a real perfectionist. He is. Yeah. He is, his work is and, exceptional. And I love that he's uh, he's doing it. He's kind of like doing it on his own. Like his budget is limited. You know, he's not like spoiled like me, dropped into like some expensive machinery, but he takes it to the next level. He takes like whatever. He builds machines himself and does stuff. Uh, and I'm like, man, this guy is top level, you know, um, a tinkerer for sure. He's, he's a tinkerer for sure. Look up to that guy. Um, has he? Have you guys asked him if he'd be on the show? No, we haven't. Oh no, yeah, you guys got to get him. Got to get but him I'm, on the show. I'm going to ask you this though, John Wick or Chuck Norris? I got to say Chuck Norris, man, because he keeps getting in jokes all the time. He's the one that's like everyone keeps ragging on him. I'm like, that guy fucking beat Bruce Lee. He's the only one <laughs> he, who beat Bruce Lee. He did. Like, so, You're right. That's a yeah, good point, so, and you're the first guest to bring that up, so I'll give yeah. you a check mark for that. Yeah, and he Bruce can do, Lee's. and he can do a, and he can do like a roundhouse kick in jeans. Yeah, Man, that's pretty badass. I'm, I'm, I'm always rooting for the underdog. I've always been like that. So, because I, 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 I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's the punk rock in me. I don't like the jumping on the bandwagon thing. But <laughs> like when everyone's ragging on, like you know, all the jokes that came out and stuff. I'm like, eh, he's the only one to beat Bruce Lee. I don't know another one to beat Bruce Lee. Just him. Yeah, but that's before John Wick got a bulletproof fucking suit maker. Yeah, that's actually pretty true as well, actually. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Mm. Yeah. It's, all right. it's not going to stop a roundhouse kick to the face, though. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you go, there's no way this guy can roundhouse kick me in those fucking jeans that are super tight and he's wearing cowboy boots. Like, it's impossible. <laughs> and next thing you know, you're unconscious. Yeah. Now, hold on, Jody. We Nothing's impossible they make, for Chuck they Norris. They make Chuck Norris roundhouse jeans. They're especially flexible in the crotch area. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard the guy doesn't even have a control button on his keyboard because he's always in control. Oh, Ooh. my God. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> this one is, I hate those jokes. I hate Chuck Norris jokes. I, uh, Everyone I, lay off of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually... <laughs> I actually do like them. <laughs> That's a problem. I'm not going to look heard at this them over joke, here for the up. last 25 years. So. <laughs> you know, under yeah. his beard, there's not a chin. There's another fist. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that explains everything. That's excellent. Okay, well, I reckon... Um, we have reached the end of the podcast. Um, Brandon, thank you so much for being our guest today. It's been an enjoyable journey. We've sort of gone machining, relationships, Chuck Norris, electricity, history. <laughs> it's It's been a ride. Thank you. I appreciate it. appreciate it. And if there's anything to give out there, to anyone out there is, man, I will say it again. You don't have to be God's gift to take whatever you love doing to the, to the fullest. Do it. Take it all the way. Wise words, awesome. my friend. Wise words. Awesome. Okay, so um, we want to thank you, and we want to thank everybody for listening, as always. Um, thank you, Tony. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thank you, Shanus. The pleasure's all been yours. <laughs> thank you, Brandon. Yep. Thank you, guys. Take care. And yeah, thanks from a lot, me, man. And, it, and from, from all of us here at Machinist Therapy Hotline, uh, until next time, bye. 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 See ya.